And now, from somewhere in the Houston Midtown area, it's the sit down with Slick Vic. Well, welcome everyone. It's the sit down with Slick Vic, coming to you from the video version, due to uh, my boy Robe Daddy, Mr. Clayton Terry. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, kind of a hybrid, kind of like the way you do your show, um, combined with, you know, me being on here. So, thanks for having me, man. Combo. Yeah, it is always man always um for those of you who have this is you're you're actually the first person to appear on the show twice i, just, I was just talking about that earlier in like one of my uh stories i was like i actually been here twice i, was, I feel honored man to be, on, to be on here twice with you i like you're my favorite people to talk to so it's pretty great to be on here twice not gonna lie yeah man uh i feel the same way about your, you know about you i definitely wouldn't have you on again if the first time sucked yeah, that's, that's very true. I would, hope, I would hope not, for my own sake, too. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Clayton is a Houston firefighter, mm-hmm. one of uh, our crucial members of the city, keeping us safe from, uh, you know, Mother Nature. Um, so right now, you're actually on leave, though. Yes, sir. So I'm on leave because my little girl was just born. So um, I've been I've been off work for a while, man. <laughs> I don't even know what... Oh, you know what day it is? You know, Saturday, obviously. But like, I've I've been off for probably I think uh, maybe maybe three or maybe three weeks already, four weeks maybe. I go back next Friday. Well, welcome to fatherhood. Yeah, yeah, man. Same to you. So I know you've been in the game a little bit more than I have. <laughs> couple, couple months. Man, couple months, not... you know. So we, we've made it. You've made it. So you've made it so far. So I, I can draw strength from you. My other buddy, Nathan, he, his was born in May. So I draw strength from both of y'all. And my cousin just had his in September, dude. So all oh, girls. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these are uh, the COVID babies are popping out now, right? Um, yeah, the, one, just, the ones that at least got started early, right? The man, ones, the ones so, that got so, started man, somebody tried to play my baby, man. They're like, "Oh, you got a quarantine baby?" I said, "No, no, no, no." We this happened in like uh, February, like early March. This is before quarantine. I, said, I ain't got no quarantine because we never really quarantine anyway because we got to work anyway. Yeah, so, same, same with me, man. Like you know, we we I think we're saying it happened probably around early February. So, right. Yeah, that was before all the quarantining. Um, yeah, I mean, this fixing to be a major spike. Yeah, in in babies, it's gonna be like the second baby boom. Yeah, I can't wait to see till when L finally, because uh, you know she works in labor and delivery, so it's gonna be pretty interesting to see uh, how she, how like the baby's night eight, probably I would say anywhere from five to nine months from now, like how big that spike is gonna be. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny to see, even like when the Astros were the World Series, there was spiking babies then too. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, man, definitely. Um, so how, how are you liking it, man? Now that you are a father, it's your first child, right? Yeah. First, and it'll be, we'll be you, the last that, that you know, that you know, of. we'll be, yeah, that I, yeah, that, that shit that I know of. And then next, you know, my doorbell is going to be ringing over there. Like, Hey, we all know, but uh, this is the first and, uh, most likely the last man. Um, one, she doesn't want to go through it again. It was a lot for her to go through and as it is for any woman. And I don't even want to go through it again either, but how's it been so far to answer your question? Uh, it's been a very mixed bag. Um, I've hated it at some point, and I love it at some point. And uh, a question I posed to you, too, is a question that was asked to me that was really good from a friend. It was like, hey, man, what do you like about it, and what do you hate about it? And what gets me is the the excessive, like, screeching. Like, you know, like, just, ah, ah, 
Yeah, you're like you're and you're trying to like figure it out, right? Like men like us, like we 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 want we are good at assessing an issue, fixing the issue, and it's copacetic, you know, right? But like with a baby, it's like it's not a rational thing that you can rationalize with with words. It has to be you know through actions. That has been the part that I've absolutely hated to the point to where it's like I be I never I like one night I cried, dude, like because I was looking at Ariel. Ariel cried first, like and then an hour later. I did because I was I was I had so much rage because I was like, man, you just want to just throw this thing out the front door because <laughs> you're like, yeah, just, just get out of here. But with that yeah. is you don't want to want to throw the baby itself out their front door, but the problem of the crying is what you want to just get rid of, right? So that's been the prop. That's been the thing that has been um, tough for me. But the thing that I have thoroughly enjoyed is seeing the progression of life that we all have taken and that every single creature at some point takes. And that's creation, you know, is seeing her like try to put her little head up and look around and see her interact and hold your finger. And it's see her look around and stare at you. This, the progression of life is the, is the real gift um, that I've, that I've been blessed to be able to see. So those are my two hot takes on each side. You know, um, those are very, very accurate takes. Those are, um, especially the first part about the crying and, and, you know, throwing the baby out the window. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've had those thoughts myself and I, mm. I sometimes wonder if, if, if maybe there's something wrong with me, but same, I've thought um, the same thing. It's, and I've talked to other people about it, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, I think the, the main thing is like you pointed out, it's the fact that, like you said, like, you know, we, you troubleshoot a situation, um, and you know, you, you fed them, you, you changed mm. them. I mean, at that point, that's all babies do, right? They're eating shit. So it's like, yeah, well, what else it. is there to do? And uh, yeah, it, it can be overwhelmingly frustrating, man. And it sucks. But I think one thing you can take out of that is is it works on your patience, right? It, yeah, it does. It really helps you deal with situations, which in you know, in reality, uh, you have to you have to deal with it, right? I mean, it's your kid, mm -hmm. and there's no way around it. You can't just ignore it. You can't, you know, come back to it. You have to deal with it at that moment. At that moment. And there's so, only a couple of things that can be wrong. Either hungry, diapers dirty, they're bored, or they're in pain. And you kind of know the difference. Yeah. You learn the difference between all of them. And you're right. I thought something was wrong with me too, dude, until, you know, I found out. I was like, this has to be normal. I was like, I can't be the only one. Sure enough, through research and other friends of mine who also have newborns within the last six months, they've also gone through the same thing. And, that's why I'm glad we're doing this. That's also why I've, you know, created the Rogue Daddy YouTube channel to try to bridge that gap for men so we can have somewhere to talk to about this because it's a real problem. And uh, I don't hear it talked about. I've never never even thought about it, to be honest, Vic. Uh, you hear so much about how the women go through and the labor process, and that is a arduous process. That is not to be underwritten, but uh, men go through issues. And um, they, you know, we already don't talk about other issues, let alone you, you get a baby in the world, and that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother bag of... Uh, you know, skill sets you have to, you have to learn is what I would call it. But No, I, I think that that's a, it's, it's a great idea. You know, um, I did want to ask you about that. I guess you just answered that question. Um, so yeah, you, how, how long ago did you, your first uh, YouTube channel was like uh, more for video games, correct? It was dude. So my original channel was Epic Rum Gaming. And uh, I did it, and I made some video guides on some games I play. And, and you know, man, I, I did it, and I, I didn't feel very fulfilled with it. Um, I, one, because there's already a lot of people doing that. There's already a lot of people playing video games and, 
you know, putting out recordings of their gameplay on it. I'm not good enough to be like in a league where people are, they post their stuff and they're just making badass plays, right? So I was like, okay, what else can I do? What's relevant to my life? You know, that I can, that I can impact the world. And I said, well, I'm a firefighter. I was like, well, I don't really want to, I don't really want to make videos of firefighting. So I was like, well, I'm about to be a dad. And I was like, well, there's not, you know, how many, how many, how many, I guess, references are there for men out there for what men go through as new fathers? Is it not many, at least not many from other men that's consistent or most of it's probably from women who have probably say, hey, well, guys, here's what you can do. But there's nothing from a man's perspective to, to, to put that out there into the world. So I was like, okay, well, I'll make a, I'll call it, I, I like to wear robes and my buddy bought me this hat. I was like, oh, just go robe daddy. And then, so that was the creation of the Robe Daddy YouTube channel. And uh, there is a Robe Daddy gaming channel. The only thing I do with that channel is me and my buddy have talks about patch notes and about uh, some gaming news. And I just post my VODs over there. It's really just a, a channel dump that I just dump some videos that me and my buddy make that I feel are, are good content. They're, they're like this. They're, they're you know, interview form content. So, but. So, um, so that was, you made this channel more or your channel more to, to help, right? To, to help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is, uh, the complete opposite, I think of, of what, why I started my podcast. I think in my scenario is more of a selfish reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I just enjoy doing it. I just enjoy talking. I enjoy conversations, but, but like, like long conversations. Yeah. Know? Same. Um, I think, and you know, and that's why I started, you know, and, if it if it so happens to help somebody, you know, when I'm talking about something or somebody else talking about mm-hmm. something and it helps somebody, great. If it doesn't, uh, still you know. great. You put it out there <laughs> into the world. You put it out there into the world and it's yours. You know, it's the same. It's the same thing with a kid, dude. Yeah. You, you put it out there into the world. You you give it the best tools that it can to survive and thrive and. Ain't it, you ain't got to like it or they ain't got to like you just like someone ain't got to like you they ain't like your kid but they're gonna go out there and do their thing and it'd be theirs and it'd be authentic so you know and that's another thing like you know you the the evolution of of podcasting right mm-hmm. um it's i think it's something that it's going to be very powerful if not it, it's almost there um but i think as time progresses it's going to be um more powerful i think more people are going to be on there. I think it's going to be a place where people go for information or, you know, even if, if it's just entertainment. Yeah. Um, And I think it has a lot to do with like, just the honesty of it, you know, like people, this is somebody's opinion. This is somebody's thought process. It's not filtered or diluted through corporate America. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, you know, something that, people are really going to take a little bit more seriously, like in terms of like how they obtain information. Right. And especially when you have content like this, like this is all, this is all things you can get, you know, people like me and you, we're going to, we're going to tell you the honest truth. I mean, especially being new dads, I want people to know the honest truth of what we as fathers go through. Cause I, I don't know if it's said enough and I want it to be said. So, you know, and I made, you know, I made it for men, yes, but it's very important that women look at this stuff too. Because I look at a lot of stuff by women because I want to know their perspective, and I try to find a lot of things that men put out there too. But there's just, like I said, it's not that much of it. So, but being, you know, being a new dad in the world and being able to speak those thoughts honestly and how you feel about it is important. And uh, I remember yeah. before I was telling you, man, I didn't, I remember when I first met you. You probably I think it's maybe five years ago now because I was getting into the fire department. Uh, 
you had always talked about wanting a kid. Like, I remember you, your dream was to make, make a build a family, and, like, that was what you wanted. And my buddy Raz is the same exact way. And um, I remember telling you I was the exact opposite. I was like, dude, I don't – I said, dude, I, the last thing I want is a kid. I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. I don't want nothing to do with it. Zero. You know, and so now – so my perspective on everything from not wanting them at all, at, vehemently at that, to now having one has definitely shifted my focus – and um, that dynamic, I can put it to you like this. I always said that if I did want to have a kid, it would have been with, with Ariel. I said if I have one, it would be her. Um, as you progress you know, in life with somebody so long, you kind of are willing to make certain, like, I guess, compromises, obviously, is the right word, right? And that was one. I said, okay, well, if I'm willing to spend like, – I knew it was something she wanted, but I also knew that she knew I didn't want it and that she was beginning to compromise on that just for the sake of being with me because she just enjoyed my company so much that she was willing to give up that, what she wanted so bad, to just to be with me in my presence. And it took us a long time to even get to that point. We've been together eight years. We had four good years. We had two rough years. And then we had like what I call the reconstruction era, which is like a year and a half to two years to get us back on track. And for me to decide what I want to do with my relationship. Am I going to be here or am I just going to just leave and go and go fuck off? You know, so I had to make a decision to be here, be present and be active um, in my relationship. And so now having a kid with her, a, a buddy of mine asked me, he said, did the kid bring y'all closer? And I said, yes. Did the kid bring us closer? Yes. But the kid is not a reason to have a, in your relationship to bring you closer. The only reason why the kid has made us closer is because we 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 work as an aggressive team for what needs to get done around the house and what needs to get done with her and what needs to get done in general. You know, we talk about everything. We talk about when we're frustrated. I talk about when I'm tired of this or tired of that. And it's very open dialogue. And um, that has definitely shifted my focus to being more appreciative of her and seeing how well she handled pregnancy inspired me, to be honest. No, it is. It is very inspiring. Um, you know, especially when you see uh, the amount of discomfort and pain that they're in. Mm -hmm. You know, um, once the belly gets to that certain size, like, yeah, it, it's. I can only imagine the inconvenience, um, and even you know the the, the physical pain, right? The back pain that back pain, that yeah. comes with having to carry that that additional weight. Yeah, <laughs> the back pain, the emotional, the emotional turmoil they go through with. Um... Uh, like body weight, body gain, and then or weight gain, and then weight loss. If they're gonna lose it at post pregnancy, that's a problem too. And man, I'm like one thing that was hard for me. What was one thing that was hard for you during during your during your partner's pregnancy? I mean, for me, I, I guess it would be the fact that you know just just seeing her mm -hmm. you know, with the discomfort and knowing that there's only so much I can do. Yeah, you know, I mean. You know, I would, you know, give her massages and, um, you know, obviously have her off her feet as much as possible, making mm -hmm. food, um, doing whatever needs to be done. But even with, with all that, um, she's still suffering. She's still having trouble sleeping. Right. Um, and, you know, that sucks because, you know, you're in the same household with that person. So, you know, if, if they're unhappy, that's going to, you're going to feel that. Yeah, you are, and you know it's not her fault, right? So, I mean, yeah, it's your, it's yours, you man. You just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> yeah, so 
Uh, I've heard men feeling like that even like post when they get home you know with the kid because you know they breastfeed a lot and some men just feel useless at home but I mean there's definitely ways to counter that I mean if you ever want to so I felt the same way you did too imagine most most men most respectful men do too and like what did you do to counteract that Uh, then I'll tell you what I did like to kind of kind of help alleviate those feelings you had of kind of like not being kind of you're kind of uh, helpless, almost. Um, drinking. <laughs> that, <that's laughs> just <helpful. kidding. laughs> a lot, lot of a uh, lot of old fashions, huh? Yeah, no, we just drank the whiskey straight. No, um, I mean, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, talking helped. You know, yeah. I mean, just talking and and really just trying to get her to focus on other things you know mm-hmm. um i know she started seeing like a uh, physical therapist but i mean i wasn't i guess that had nothing to do with me um yeah i guess just just kind of being there and 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 being and present talk, you know just be, be present exactly um well i mean it's it's cool it was quarantine time so i didn't have much of a choice right but, um but yeah i mean i can't really think of anything else other than just just talking and being there for them. Yeah. The way it what helped here was I just, I was like, okay, if she's, and this kind of mostly has to do, I guess, postpartum, but I was like, she's going to be debilitated physically or with the baby. I just made sure everything I could do around the house was done. So, you know, could this cooking, laundry, whatever it was, I tried to make sure I did it, but I didn't do too much while she was pregnant either because she, she really wanted to keep doing stuff. She didn't want to. She was like, I'm not handicapped. I'm just pregnant. You know, <laughs> I was like, hey, by all means, like, I'm not going to take that away from you if that's what's going to help move you forward. So I would say uh, my men out there who are watching, if you know, if you have that feeling of uselessness, like do things around the house that either she would normally do and you wouldn't. Or make sure you're definitely getting things you need. I always forgot to take the trash out on Tuesdays. All of a sudden, I started remembering to take the trash out on Tuesdays. You know, like because I just knew my mind biologically. I was like, okay, I got to step it up here. You know, and and really make sure that I can make this as a comfortable experience as I can. Now, let me ask you this: How has it been post-pregnancy? Now that the baby is here, um, uh. Like I find that now, for me at least, that you know, it's definitely me doing like every all the housework and mm-hmm. um, and you know I'm working, so I gotta work. Yeah. And then I come home and I cook dinner and clean and do all these things. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I haven't spent too much time on just like me with the baby by ourselves. Mm. Um, I did the other day. Had like a three hour uh time period with the baby and man that was rough that yeah. was rough so i can't even imagine what it's like to just be by yourself yeah for I've you been, know 10 hours or something yeah and that's what her that was that's what worries her about me going back to work because you know i work 24-hour shifts and uh granted it's only two days and i'm off five days but to um so your original question was how have i handled postpartum being at home right. so being at home hasn't been too bad because we both have been here, but that will change it, it, for us. Like for you, for you, y'all are kind of in a routine kind of like you have to go to work and you guys already have to work with work schedules. Um, the advantage to that is you already have that kind of down. 
the disadvantage of that is you don't have uh is it uh not po- uh what is it maternity leave right, right. so you so you, so you feel like you miss bonding time and that is important so with those times that you are home you have to really make sure you're present with the kid now on the flip side which is my situation is i got maternity leave i'm off for five weeks and i ha- we don't have we haven't had a chance to balance the work schedules yet especially because she works night shifts and then i work 24-hour shifts so you can imagine how we have the logistics of trying to make that work. So that's going to be our next challenge in probably February to take care of. Um, yeah, because I was been about to good. say, she's, she's, you're going to go back, but she's still going to be off. She's still going to be off. So we have time to like kind of do it in halves, right? So we'll, we'll get my work thing down, and then she'll go to we'll kind of We'll just we'll finagle it there. Luckily, her mom is down the street. My mom's 15 minutes away. My dad's five minutes away. So we have help. Oh, you're Gucci. You got the grandparents on. Oh, on they were surrounded there. by grandparents. So, you know, it, it's perfect. But as far as uh, yesterday, she went and hung out. She went in, she went shopping with her stepdad. And, you know, I was, I was by, I was by myself with the, with the little one for about five hours. And, uh, normally she, you know, she drives me insane at night, dude. Like, it's crazy. She will fight me from 2 a.m. till 4, like, just like between feeding and, Stuff like that. I'm by myself because I want her to be able to sleep, and sometimes she she will come help me. And um, but yesterday wasn't that bad. I just fed her until she stopped feeding. The only problem is she keeps puking up her, or she keeps speeding up all her food every time we feed her. So now we're going through that phase. But you know, I started singing to her and dancing to her, and that works. I I sing all kinds of shit too. I sing Metallica. I sing like I just <laughs> oh, <me too. laughs> I sing like uh, Dragon Force through the fire and flames. Like I just and she she likes that and. You know, a car ride always works. She sits in the car seat. She's she's guaranteed to fall asleep damn near every time. So, but for you, you just have to with the work like with working dads that don't get the time to take off. Every moment, you know, you have to like be okay. I gotta be present. Either changing the diaper. I always do something, even if I'm not, even if it's not my turn. So if she's breastfeeding, I'll at least go change the diaper. I might be playing a video games or something. And I hear him wake. I hear her wake up, and I'll go change her diaper and then get her ready for the breastfeeding. I try to do something so. Olivia knows that I'm that I'm there being present. Yeah, no, that's definitely uh, something you got to do, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, I have, you know, sometimes I don't get home till like 6.30. And, you know, I'm usually in bed by like, I don't know, like 11, yeah. 11.30. And I still have to come home. I have to cook dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently studying for like a, a certification for work gotta study for that like to get a quick workout in right um and that's that's just to say that i don't have anything else going on right yeah so i mean yeah time that's time not is, that's uh, not before you get to have a sip and wash the niners yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean this season's kind of lost for us but, yeah yeah it is um thanks for bringing it up <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lost season for all of us dog the pet the pats trash dallas is trash i'm, I'm right there with you yeah, yeah, it's COVID. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah. So speaking of COVID, um, how, how does that affected you, like, with the kid? Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, you have a lot of uh, family members that want to see the kid. Um, how how have you handled all? I mean, everybody everybody wants to see the baby. You yeah. got to see the baby. Well, see the how, baby. how have you yeah. handled that? So the first day we came home from the hospital was a mistake. Uh, we had... Her grand, her mom came over, my mom came over, my grandma came over, and my dad came over. 
and you want to talk about overstimulating, man, you know, Ariel lost it, you know, not lost it, like, like went off on people. She just was so stressed. The, you know, Olivia was, she wasn't having it. And I was like, all right, everybody get out except for Ariel's mom. You know, I need Ariel's mom to stay there to console Ariel. I was like, everybody else has got to get out. I got to go. And they understood it wasn't anything rude. And, um, my family takes this, takes the virus very seriously. I should preface it with that. And have taken the necessary steps to ensure they can see my daughter. You know, my mom just had a heart transplant, and uh, so she and she caught COVID twice in the hospital. Wow! And so she takes every precaution that she needs to. And so do we. we don't go anywhere, man. We're at home, and it doesn't bother me. I'm not itching to go anywhere either. Um, so family that has that has came to see her that needs to immediately has and continues to. So that's what the grandparents and my and my stepsisters from time to time come. Um, but one's an, one's a phlebotomist and the other one has to get is, uh, gets tested. So, um, but the people who have the most influence in her life outside of me and her mom, um, which are the grandparents, they they court you know they don't go anywhere. They take care of themselves. They're good. I mean, if we if we catch it somehow, that man, you just you can only do the best you can. So I haven't really lost sleep over the virus since it started. Um, I started quarantining in January when I heard they shut down a whole city of 11 million people in China. I was like, this don't sound too good. So I stopped kind of going places back then. And, you know, we, we've made a couple, couple trips and out here and there, but it's been very, very calculated. So we've been able to make it work with the family. How about y'all? Um, I think, I think, uh, I, I, I think my girl falls under, under the same category uh, as you guys do. I mean, I'm I'm there now. I think it took me a little bit of of time to to get to that level. Right. Um and even still now like I feel that with just what what the what the science that we know about about the virus, I think there's things we could do. I guess the problem comes down to like getting people to do do it, you know, like mm-hmm. you have um a, a lot of people who who just don't want to comply. You know, it's funny that uh, I was at, a, I went to Academy earlier today to return some gloves. And uh, I always find it weird, man. The the people that like to wear their mask with their nose still showing. <laughs> oh yeah, it's funny. It's like. Or upside down or inside oh, it's, out, it's, dude, it's or, funny. Or the, the chin strap. The chin strap, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, what you, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Just, I mean, might as well just take it off. Yeah, it's funny, I mean, you're, it's not doing anything. I guess it's better than nothing. People are trying the best they know how. Yeah, I mean, can't blame I, them I, for it. Yeah, I mean, well, I can, but oh yeah, you got. Yeah, you, you can't blame them for it. I mean, I just I, let it roll. You got too many people out no, there. You, you got, yeah, you, you. I mean, I mean, we're we're at the point now where it's like, well, even like like a guy like me, I know I, I find it just amusing. I'm not concerned about it because like mm-hmm. I know that if I have my mask on, and I have proper distance, right, that I'm fine. Um. But you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like today I was uh, I was planning on going to a wedding, and due to the fact that, you know, there was going to be seventy five people, uh, yeah, from all over the country, yeah, um, who knows? And you know, my, you know, there just wasn't, I couldn't win that battle to try to get that, and and I understood the concern, and right, um, you know, ultimately, like my dad. 
Uh, he's he's sick. He had a, a low uh, white blood cell count. Yeah, my mom um, said that. So I mean, that's that's real high risk. Yeah, um, I got a baby. Yeah. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta really, you know, make some decisions, some choices. And I really wanted to go. I like. I I really really wanted to. They'll go. be all right. Know. They'll be all right. That's you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know. I they'll be all right. If they're your no, friends, no. they'll be all right. You know, it's just kind of like it's one of those. It's just everybody's had to just cut it. Cut some things like that this year, man. It's been tough. No, I no, I know you're right. You're right. Um, it's it's one of those things where this is a you know a special circumstance, you know, right. to say the least. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I really, I mean, I can't wait for this to to normalize, right? To get some type of like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna come over. I'm gonna pop in. Mm-hmm. You know, let's 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 have some drinks. Let's have let's have a good time. Let's barbecue. Like, yep. Who doesn't miss that, right? Yeah, and your main priority, man, is what yourself is your main priority. Because if you aren't healthy, then you can't take care of your partner or your kid. Those are your those are your main three priorities right there. So, I ask myself, okay, if I make this decision and go do X, is it going to impact me in a way to where I cannot either perform my duties as a partner and as a father and my duties that I've committed to the city of Houston as a firefighter. Are, the, are these choices I make going to hinder me from doing that? And so those are the questions that I ask for you. It, it would be whatever is this going to, if, if whatever decision I make, is it going to put me out of work to where I can't put food on? You know what I mean? It's all cyclical. It comes around. Speaking of actually, I want to ask, speaking of health, did you gain? Did you gain uh, any dad weight during the pregnancy or afterwards? Uh, that's oh, a big topic man. that guys talk about. Guys with me, oh, just wait. I, I got a, I got a one or two stories about it. But I, I want to know: Did you gain any kind of weight or anything? You don't look like you did. Um. Well, thank you, but unfortunately, that I, I, I did. I, uh, I put on a little bit of that dad weight. <laughs> um. Which, you know, kind of, it actually kind of fluctuated because, yeah. um, when she initially got pregnant. Um, I, at that point, I was still going out to the park and running every morning. I right. was running, I was doing, uh, some calisthenics, you know, so I was, I was, I was maintaining. Right. And then I don't know exactly at what point. Probably I the decided, four or five month period. <laughs> yeah, Second trimester, just, probably. <laughs> I decided that, uh, I don't know. I quit going to go run. I, I quit working out. Um, I did. I did have uh, actually. I know what happened. Uh, like I messed up my back. Like I had really bad back pain. My lower back. Mm-hmm. That I think it's called like the SI. I forgot what what your sciatic. Your sciatic. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah. And so I went to a chiropractor. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. Uh, that's an experience in itself. I hear they're not good. Ario and her mom tell me all the time, like not to. Is it a chiropractor? They tell me go get. I think it's kind of. They say go get a massage instead. Whoever real is that who realigns you? Yes. Forcefully, yeah. They always say don't do that. I, you know, my chief did it. He said he feels better than he has in twenty years. But I mean, it, at the end of the day, I mean, they are the science is there that it does it does do stuff. Right. Um, and I, I felt a lot better. I'm not gonna lie. I felt really? great after it. And uh, that's what I hear, I man. Was, I don't hear. I hear people. I feel great. I don't, I don't hear these I, stories. I think the issue is that, um, I don't. I, I mean, I really, I guess, because some people think that it's not just the chiropractor. It's like you go to the chiropractor and then you do other things. Because usually the chiropractor is going to tell you to take like different 
vitamins and yeah okay eat, eat healthier um usually there's like other things that go with it right um like i've i haven't it was, it was kind of expensive and then at the time the uh the unemployment was about to run out so mm-hmm. i was i can't i can't afford to to be going every week when i'm not even i'm not working right now is that what he so, wants you to do is that come because like my chief he went like once a week for i think four weeks and then he went every other month like the guy was all right now you need to come every other month you need to come every week yeah, I think I think the doctor was trying to milk it a little bit. I'm about to say, dog, you gotta watch out for. I, I, that's what I. Uh, those services like that, man. Yeah, but they help. Yeah. That's a, that's the shit part about it is like they help, and like, I you think want the help. It, they yeah, they do. Of. They do. They do. But I think I think there's other ways. Um, yeah, like like yoga. Yoga yeah, is good. Hot yoga is really good. Hot yoga great. is awesome. And basically, I was doing the chiropractor and I was doing the yoga at the same time. And the car, <laughs> you should have seen the chiropractor when uh, I told him about yoga. Mm-hmm. Like he gave me this whole like 10 minute speech about like how awesome being a, chiro- a chiropractor is. Oh God. Like, yeah. All the Selling himself. And, and I guess he thought that I was going to, you know, eventually stop coming, which I eventually did. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> That's the goal. But I, I think uh, the like alternative stuff is is a lot better than yeah. well maybe a lot better but it's it can help you as well help you as well you yeah know? dude that's what scares me about things like cancer because I I feel like cancer could be that way it's like we don't want to tell you that we have you know the uh, cure or you know back whatever you want to call it for it because it's look at the medical the whole medical center would crash. You know, Houston. So that's my fear with things like that. But that's that's a t- kind of a topic for like I mean, day, but though. people are beating cancer all the time that's true they do you can't you can't deny that but it's kind of like a weaning thing right what do you do when you do you know you kind of give a little bit a little bit pull a little bit back give a little bit pull a little bit back next thing you know there's a new cancer they're like all right now we gotta figure that one out it's like i was like oh fuck you, you know, know just- um so it's, it's funny it's funny this this topic comes up so just earlier today um i was listening to rogan and he has some guys on from the military and they were talking about how they have certain military bases. They call them fire bases. Mm-hmm. And basically, they, they make these big, big old pits. And they just burn everything in there. All their trash, batteries. <laughs> oh, no shit. Batteries. batteries. Tires. Jesus. No, literally everything. Everything, yeah. And this fire burns 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Really? Yes. Oh, they just and keep throwing shit in there. Keep throwing stuff in there, yes. And so when you're asleep, you can actually you you can you actually cough while you're sleeping. Yeah, because you're of smoking smoke. that shit in, dude. Um and he was saying that some of the people in the military develop these weird, crazy cancers. Jesus. Um, yeah, and on top of that, let's let's take our diets, right? Like mm. let's take all the you know, what is it? High, you know, fruit, fructose, yeah, yeah, fructose high fructose stuff, like jelly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're consuming things that our body is not meant to, yeah. to consume. Even for a quick example of, of of milk, right? Milk, you know, it's like ninety seven percent of the population is like lact- lactose intolerant. You know, like you drink milk, you start. Bro, I think my baby's gas. lactose intolerant. <laughs> she fucking oh, dude, she rips them up. Yeah, but I mean, she's a baby. That's that's they're, they're a little bit different. But that's actually, true. you know that people can consume like, like raw milk. Like raw milk's not bad for you. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you consume milk straight from the cow. It's it's not bad, but when you start consuming processed, processed milk, yeah. see, so, at, at, and that and that's all, you know, built upon the fact that people are trying to make money because you know yeah. in Europe, in Europe, it's not. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to speak on everything in Europe, but I know like, like their vegetables, you know, their vegetables and some of the other other products, like they they go bad real quick. Yeah, they're fresh. The they're, they're fresh. Yeah, exactly. you can buy, we have marts here, though. You can buy stuff fresh from them. Right, right. People but just I don't mean, utilize it. Well, a lot a lot more people utilize it than you probably would think. Because when I drive by there, I mean, that's a lot of people at the mart buying fresh produce. Yeah, but compare that to how many people are at Walmart. Oh, yeah. you know. So, I mean, that's that's the issue, right? The issue is these little small markets that you speak of, they're not, they're not accessible to everybody, right? They're not located conveniently for everyone. That's number one. And number two, price, right? people i'm sure the fresh market that's organic and you know no <laughs> no no uh what is it what is that stuff no uh the stuff they spray uh, pesticides pesticides mm-hmm. i was gonna say preservatives but i knew that wasn't it um yeah no pesticides mm-hmm. so yeah that's gonna cost you more so guess what not everyone can afford that yeah so i mean that comes down to but that's just so we, we yeah. talked about that would be i mean that's that comes down to the fact that I mean, I've, I have this theory that, you know, you got the top 1% that want to keep the bottom percent, you know, there and then, and they use them to make money. Cause yeah. if you think about the people that consume all these cheap products. I mean, they're people that <laughs> they don't have the money to, to eat out and eat all the good stuff. So I'll, I'll put it to you like, like this, and it kind of goes to, uh, we'll come to that in a second, but like, you're right. Most what we learned from that whole uh, sequence there was like most people's problems are self-made right you smoke cigarettes you're probably gonna eat lung cancer you eat a bunch of you eat a bunch of crisco and fried chicken you're gonna get you know i think it's atherosclerosis whatever your your veins clog up you get high blood pressure diabetes most people's problems are self-evident right but the thing is like you're right like you're with lower populations that may not have the um economic means to be able to maybe go out and buy a whole bunch of organic foods the only difference now in the in the time frame that we live in now is that they have access to the education, which is um, your your smartphone. The other day, I, you know, I listened. To, I like I watch Dave Ramsey a lot, right? I I like his philosophies and stuff. And my you know my pops was like, well, you know, not everybody in the hood had Dave Ramsey. I'm like that. I just happened to YouTube something about money, and he popped up. I said, any guy in the hood, any guy that lives in River Oaks can do the same thing. Now they may not be able to reach the goal at the same time. But you're at least able to start the journey upwards. And so if you hear – otherwise, we wouldn't have success stories, Vic. Half the NFL is full of success stories, guys who didn't start out with much and who created a lot for themselves. And that's that's the dream. That's the I People say the American dream, but I think that's just the dream as a human being. You want to make the most of what you can with the resources that you have. We're no longer in the mid you know medieval times. We're living in huts and like – you don't have access to literally anything. Some feudal lord is keeping you and your, you know, your your family down. You literally have the access to to education. You just have to grit and find your way to get that stuff done. But let's boil it down to what it really is. People just don't want to work, and people don't want to do it. Not everybody wants to do that. The people that do want to do that, they get it out the way. And that's the thing. Yeah, some no, people I have mean, four or five kids because they want to get money check from the government, dude. Which I don't know how they want to go through this four or five times just to get a check, man. This shit can I, fucking run I you definitely right. think that. Uh... Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that exists, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's going to be um, corruption at all levels, 
you know, I mm. mean, but I, th- I think my point is not, not that you can't succeed from any point of life. Right. You know, we've, we've seen the story, all the success stories yeah. of people coming from nothing, immigrants coming over here, um, building an empire and, and, and making it right. Becoming, becoming millionaires with, with nothing. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm not saying that, but I think that all I'm asking is for like the, the, the playing field to be a little bit, you know, more even, Yeah. you know? Um, and I mean, you can't let that be an excuse, right? You can't just say, well, because, you know, my, you know, my, my parents didn't raise me. Right. Yeah, some we soft poor, story. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, because everybody's got one yeah to, yeah, to a degree right. some worse than others but everybody well, has, yeah i mean I, definitely some worse than others i mean we have we have to talk if we're going to talk about the whole spectrum right um mm. definitely when you look at like the bottom of the bottom compared to the top of the top it's it's a huge discrepancy it's just that uh i think the majority of the people um are more towards the middle i mean yeah. the middle class and is the obviously bell curve, the, yeah the biggest population but um i feel like i feel like the middle class is like shrinking and the lower class is growing bigger and i mean especially with what's happening now think about how many people are gonna face losing their place where they're living because they can't pay rent or they can't pay this can't pay that um i don't i don't know how much to blame i think it's i think what you're referencing more is is like because because the problem is is either one of two one of two reasons right it's either the person's fault or it's the system's fault mm-hmm. i mean it's, there's that's it and some people say well i think it's more on the person some people say well i think it's more on the system um i don't really like to look at it like that i just say hey this yeah it's it's both but i can't work on each individual person right i can't yeah. influence somebody that lives in you know, Chicago or something. But if I recognize that the system is broken, then at least I can try to focus on that, maybe bring awareness to certain things that need to be fixed. And that will in turn help future generations as opposed to trying to help each individual. The one in the one in the back room that you got back there is part of that, you know, giving that message to your kid is moving that forward and saying, Hey, things are like this. And what can you do? control your controllables that's what i tell people myself you can only control really the 10 foot space around you you can't help you can't you just can't help the little kid in the congo that's you know starving to death one you can give money to charity not even know if it goes there but if you can help maybe the little kid down the street at the star of hope and maybe give 10 bucks to use a food bank you can at least help that kid you know so you're you're at least making i tell people if you can make the world around you immediately a little bit better each day, the world as a whole will get better. Because if each person wakes up with that mentality, like, okay, I'm going to make today for me and mine's better than it was yesterday. No matter what the system, as long as someone's not busting into your house and stealing everything you own, like some, some fascist or authoritarian government, as long as you're able to go to work, get a check or have your own business and pay yourself or, and have some health insurance set some money aside from retirement as long as you're able to do these things and make your world a little bit better you can have a fulfilling life 
And it's not about becoming a millionaire. It's not becoming a billionaire. It's not about owning 6,000 businesses. It's about, it's about sitting down saying, what do I want my life to look like? And how can I make it look that way reasonably? Do I need to drive a Maserati? No, I don't. Do I need to have a roof over my head? Yes, I do. So maybe I should tailor my focus to how to put a nice roof over my head. Someone like me doesn't care. But I just need to get A to B. I don't care what it's in. I, pay, I get gas once a month. I love my car. And if I had $5,000 to spare, I don't know if what I, I can't necessarily say, oh, I wouldn't buy one. But I know what I'd do. I, if I win lottery tomorrow, I'd pay off me and my whole family's debt. Get rid of it. After that, I'd put probably 15% of it to a house. After that, I'm putting the rest of it in investments. And letting it sit so that way the next generation of my family can continue to make the world a little bit better for themselves. And that's all you can, that's all you can really do no matter... No matter, like you said, those people that blame the system or the person, neither one matters. What are you doing is what matters. And that comes through many facets, such as doing the things I just said, also voting, do your education on your candidates, stuff like that, and be a contributor to the world. Yes. Let me let me hit on that point at the last thing you said. Um, so one thing that I've always thought was very important in having a successful and peaceful community is um, just being very neighborly, being very friendly, mm-hmm. being very, um, it just, just, yeah, just being, being a good neighbor. Right. And I think with, with COVID, with politics, um, I, I feel like it's kind of dwindled down a little bit ever since the election's over. Mm-hmm. There's not so much talk. Obviously, it's over, so there's not so much talk about it. Right. But there's still a little bit of talk. It's kind of like it's dwindling down slowly, but slowly dwindling. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, damn it. Um, yeah, no. So, no, I, I got it. Um, people being neighborly. So, I feel like with people being um, quarantined with the division of politics, I kind of feel like t- like the country's splitting, right? Everybody's talking about, oh, there's going to be a civil war. I never mm-hmm. thought there was going to be, but I, I could definitely see the division. Right. Um, I feel like the, the next year really we need to focus as a country is just being kind to each other. Mm-hmm. And to really focus on things that we can all agree on that we all know are better for people. Um, because it's just, it, it, when people are so divided, they, they just, they're not willing to listen. Yeah, They're not willing to make a change to really put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you know? Um, and I think if everyone, you know, communicated, obviously right now might not be the best time, but if everyone spends some time with their neighbors, spend some time with different communities of, of people you normally don't hang out with, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of give you an exposure and an understanding of, of different people. And, 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 and maybe you have some type of stigmas and stereotypes that, that you believe about certain people that, yeah, that can, can be proven wrong. Yeah. And that's like a challenge to, that's a challenge for people to even do in their own lives. Now imagine me and you being new dads trying to like do that for our kids and like exposing them to different cultures, different races, because it starts there, right? Like I was at HEB a couple weeks ago and this little ginger baby, pale as can be, so cute. He looked at me in the line and he just had this big smile and just waved at me, right? And 
and I thought I weighed back at him, and we laughed together, and it was fun. It was a, it was a cool experience, and this was before Olivia got here. And uh, I thought to myself in the car, I was like, it's crazy that that kid could grow up and, and just hate black people. And where does it start? Well, it starts with the parenting, or sometimes the grandparenting, because sometimes it may not be the parents. The grandparents can, can, can be, have an influence on the kid like that. And when you say be kind to one another, it really starts – in the household, right? You know, telling your kid that a certain group of people or type of people is this way is just not even being kind to your kid because now you're setting them up for failure in the world. And so now the challenge is like, how can you be that? How can you be that example to your kid, to give that example to your kid to be that way and to also warn your kid that not everybody is going to be this way because it's just not going to happen. And with that, I'm not a believer in stopping racism. First of all, my favorite kind of racist is one that I know is racist, one that I can see right in front of me. That way I know, hey, man, I get it. You don't like me? You don't have to. Well, we got to work together at least, and that's fine. What I don't like is one I can't see because those are the ones that are stabbing the back. And you don't need to get rid of racism, Vic. You need to have harder punishments for racist actions because you just can't control what some people can be changed. Some people can you know be exposed to other cultures and it be changed but for those who cannot you have to have staunch punishments for those actions that they commit towards um any race or group or people well i mean they do have hate crimes yeah yeah obviously um, that's what i mean those hate you know punishment for hate crimes hate speech, things like that that's what i mean you have to keep making sure that those are properly implemented and not taken away so you're you're a believer in like uh people not being like like hate, like people not having the right for like to have hate speech or to post hateful things online or stuff like that. So now we get into like what censorship, right? I don't know. Yeah, people, that's that's people... the careful, careful, uh, you know, walk you have. You know, you have to do there because you don't want to, you know, take away people's rights at the end of the day, right? Like they need. It might not, and like you said, you you want to be able to see it and that would be a way for you to see it if they had the right to do that i'll give you a perfect example of, of your of your question to me i was in a certain part of texas once and it's one of my favorite parts of texas to go to i go there with a buddy of mine he's from there and this guy walked up to me and he was like um what he say to me he said you're pretty cool there's a big difference between black people and the n-word a hard n-word like er and i was like oh shit and, you know, and one, it didn't matter to me that he said that to me because one, he doesn't affect my life as of right now in any way. Like, he doesn't pay me. He doesn't fuel my car. That's just how he feels. Long story short, they kicked him out the bar for it because someone overheard him and was like, hey, we're not about that in this town. You need to get the fuck out. And they kicked mm -hmm. him out the bar. And my buddy, he's, he's grown up there. He wasn't going to have that. But I don't care if someone's down the street yelling you know i i hate people with mustaches fine yell all you want but we still got to get on the same fire truck tomorrow or we still got to shop in the same grocery section tomorrow. just just don't make a mustache and non-mustache bathroom and the non and the mustache bathroom is dirty as fuck you know what i mean like <laughs> don't either aside of that have your have your speech i could care, me personally i could care less but that's just me some people are really hurt by words and words do hurt I cannot expect everybody to have the same mentality that I do with things. And I'm sure at some point in time, depending on how I'm feeling during 
five days from now, a certain word that normally wouldn't affect me might that day. People change every day and certain things you didn't think would affect you affect you later down the line because of certain circumstances that may have happened to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that guy at the bar, was was he saying that like, kind of saying like... I could tell he was way, saying it. Was he be, no, he was, was he, he was saying it because he didn't know any other way to... He didn't know another way to say that he liked me as a black person. He didn't know... I had a genuine conversation with the guy. We were playing washers together. This is in Bofunk, Texas, dude. Right. We were playing washers together and, and you know... He just, I, the way I could tell he didn't mean anything by it, but he was so, he's so, he was so ignorant in his speech. He just didn't even know. That's the only thing he knew. You know, yeah. he was taught that. But you, know, you, you, you can only that... feel hate from people. You can only feel it when someone like doesn't like you and they're like, Hey, right. Right. But, but I didn't don't you think, that. don't you think that maybe that moment could have sparked something in this man that could have eventually lead to him changing his perspective on black people? Him, him getting killed at the bar, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I'm sure that well, was well, perspective enough for him to be like, oh, I probably shouldn't, you know, be careful. Well, I'm, even 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 just talking to you, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Well, of course it did. Well, it gave him. I mean, because look, man, I, I I grew up I grew up in Pearland. I grew up my entire life being told one I wasn't black and two I talk white, and I didn't know what that meant. And it actually made me really hard to fit in with other black people because I was just like, oh well. It's hard for me to fit in with a social with a certain group of people because I keep being told I'm not this and I'm clearly am that, and you know, and I was like, what does that mean? Because I'm not using slang or, or, or you know, or talk, some people say talking ghetto is so that makes me not black, and so I just didn't know what that meant. Some people and that all it was it was also white kids told me that too. They're like, oh, you sound white, and they say that because they're taught or they see on TV too, how black people are portrayed and like, Oh, well, Clayton doesn't act like that. He's, he's, he's just wild on the inside. And there's been many jokes played about it. And I played it off for a long time. I didn't let it bother me. I laughed it off with people. One day I lost it on somebody. And I, you know, I told them, you know, my opinion on it. I said, there's no such thing as acting a certain way. I said, I just, I just speak. I just pronounce my words. Slang is, I, I use slang too. Sometimes I don't pronounce everything. I said, it's just, you know, you talk how you talk, but it's but that thing is what it's taught. So for him, he saw something that was outside his teaching in me as a black male, and liked it, and respected it, but didn't know how to differentiate the two in an appropriate manner between a black male and the N word. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I there's a story about this uh, famous jazz musician who. Uh, he he played he was playing at this uh this bar somewhere like you know this little small town mm-hmm. and uh, afterwards a buddy of his you know invited him to a table a couple other dudes sitting there and they started talking and one of the guys you know he's like you know after talking for about an hour one of the guys is like you know this is the fr- i think it's the first time i ever had you know a conversation with a black dude you know uh at a, you know, at a, at a place, and the guy was just kind of—he thought he was joking, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was like, "No, I'm serious. You know, I'm, you know, I'm in the KKK." Yeah. And the guy's like, he thought he was joking, so he pulls. There's, there's actually a membership card. Yeah, yeah, got badge. Yeah. Yeah. So he pulled that out, and uh, the guy was the guy knew that he had he had done some research a little bit about KKK, so he 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 knew that this was legit. Yeah. And he was just like, "Wow." 
And so the guy, you know, they were like, he's like, yeah, I got to go. He's like, yeah, next time you're in town, here's my number. Give me a call. You know, I really enjoyed your music. And, you know, they enjoy talking to you as well. So he did. He, he, you know, that that town was a part of like their their tour that they did every month or so. Mm-hmm. And um, he would see the guy, they would talk, they would hang out. You know, and after about like six months, the guy, you know, they started hanging out, like, you know, going out to dinner and stuff like that. Right. The guy comes to his house and he's like here and he hands him over his, his robe, you know, his hood and his robe. And he's like, uh, the music, he's a big black dude. I think so. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Heavy... I saw his Ted talk. Uh, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. I cannot think of his name. Yeah, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but, but matter uh, of fact, the guy he befriended was like a dragon. Like he was yeah, like, he was like, like he's, he was, ups. yeah, he's one of the higher ups. Yeah. 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 And like, and like in his video, he, there's a video of that, of the guy, the head of KKK, of that, of that part of KKK. He said, you white inwards out there. You can't say nothing to this black man right here. I was like, wow. I was like, what is it's, it was crazy to me. There's a video, and I'll send it to you later when I find it. But he talks about it in his TED Talk about how he actually has converted KKK members like oh, yeah. out of the KKK. Yeah, I know exactly Numerous, numerous, numerous guys he has converted. Um, one of the guys, I don't know if it was this guy or if it was another guy that was a higher up that he mm. converted. He He basically ended that chapter, that right. little... Because, you know, I, I, the KKK... It's not as it's not as uh, centralized as it used to be. Daryl Davis, more, huh? Daryl Davis. Yes. yes. Davis. They're 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 more um, like individual little communities all yeah. over the country. All over the country, being, yeah. And yeah, they're all so, different. They have their own. It's like fraternities. Fraternity right. Exactly. So that, one of the guys that was the higher up, he basically once he was converted, like he ended it. He ended it, and then like another guy tried to take over, but of course. As when someone at the top falls, you got multiple people that want to take over. Power doesn't so they, like a vacuum. Exactly. So like the guys trying to take over, like they started different, like competing chapters, yeah. and ultimately it, it ended up failing. Like it, it it ended. So that's pretty cool, you know to 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 use your plat to use your voice, your voice. to to end something like that. You know to convert people from such a a terrible terrible way of thinking and and treating other people or even even if you might be just like a undercover racist who doesn't maybe show or treat people terribly but Mm -hmm. just having that mentality and even worse passing it down yeah that's probably the worst right because you might be a racist who doesn't really go out and do anything bad to people but if you pass that down to other people, they might. Yeah. So you you still, in a way, contributed to that violence, right? And I guess I don't even know how to even how to even like how do you even te- you know it's like like if I was like me as a dad, so what do I how would I tell my daughter how white people are awful or the devil or and, and like her mom's white? Well, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's so like, I you mean, know, it's like hard to even imagine like teaching somebody that at all. Well, you I know what when you. You, you know, I don't know uh, how, if you had the, the talk, but I know like, uh, you know, several of my black friends have talked about, you know, their parents told them like, hey man, like, you know, you get pulled over or yeah. different, different you, you know, you, you encounter the police, like you have to act a certain way or just in certain situations because you're black, you have to handle a situation differently. Yes. 
you know, so I have to have that talk with my daughter. Yeah. You know, cause she's part black. Mm-hmm. So me as a Hispanic man, like I have been discriminated against in, you know, in, in my past. Right. So, but I can't say it's been as prevalent as maybe obviously the, you know, the history of, of African-Americans that's, you know, even though, you know, Hispanics had it tough too, it's, mm-hmm. um, there's no, there's no reason to try to compare who had it worse. I mean, it was just no, wrong. Wrong is wrong. No matter how you look at it. Yeah. No but what, what yeah. I think has ended up happening and, um, I, something like I try to explain to people about who like to say, well, you know, like, you know, the Jews had it bad too, or the, the Irish had it bad too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. That That's, that's fine. No one's debating whether Jews were slaves or, other groups in in history have been discriminated against right. i mean during world war ii the japanese were put into concentration the japanese were locked and, up on our soil on our soil so so yeah i mean so, yeah so so there's been there's plenty of evidence of different races you know you know getting handled but at the end of the day you know black people were always like if you had a hierarchy they were always like at the bottom you know of of you know, just how they were treated and, and put case in point, you see how Asians are viewed now. Like they were, they're, they're not viewed terribly. You mm-hmm. know, they don't have stigma. They're, they're viewed as being intelligent. Yeah. They're held know, in high as, regard. As being hard workers. So yeah, man, I mean, I hate that narrative when people try to make comparisons about who had it worse or what this race or yeah. this, none of that matters. Let's just talk about current events. Let's talk about how shit is now. Yeah. Nobody cares about, fucking what happened uh, you know when the jews were escaping egypt nobody fucking cared and you know that happened thousands of years like a thousand years ago <laughs> like, a thousand years ago yeah like yeah what like, you don't want to happen you, is like is that is like what happened because eventually slavery we're gonna say oh that was a thousand years ago you know eventually everything is gonna be a thousand years ago and that's what kind of no, sucks no. to a certain well, degree i mean the yeah, holocaust right, one you're... day is gonna be a thousand years ago oh, that was a thousand years ago next thing you know we got another hitler and fucking i don't know poland this time you know he <laughs> just i mean one one thing we both have to recognize um is that things are better now that they were before right? yeah and i for, think for, people for don't everybody. admit that for everybody things are i'd rather live now than even 40 years ago I would oh, yeah, rather sure. live right now than for for, sure. than even then. I, I and, think and, when were you born in eighty eighty four? Yeah, yeah. So like, bro, anywhere between eighty two, which is when my cousin was born, to ninety two, or even to two thousand, is is pretty great. You know, you you you're on the cusp of things moving forward in a positive manner. Things have come very far in a very short amount of time. Our grandparents. Just with had my grandpa just had segregated schools and my dad was on the tail end of it. That wasn't that long ago, right? You know, so the yeah, Voting I mean, Rights that, Act was it was within our history recently. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely a believer that change is not over. Right. I, I'm definitely a believer that things can get better and should get better. Right. But to to say that things are worse or there's no you're, you're, progress you're fooling yourself. Or... You have other problems if you, if you think like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and like um, if people talk about the year like that too, like, Oh, this year, man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, Vic. This is a hot take and people will roast me for it. Despite everything that I've gone through this year and I've lost, I've lost friends that I've had, that I had one friend off himself 
I've had another one that I lost. My mom having a heart uh, transplant. And then, you know, her almost not coming out of it. Baby being born. As stressful as the year has been, I've had a great year. I, I, would, I would do the year over again if I had to. Because one, I know I can handle it. And because that's just life. Life is gonna give you stuff that you just have to handle, or you're gonna, or you're gonna fall by the wayside. So I'm not on this team of, oh man, just get rid of 2020 or just life. Things are happening. You just this this is part of this is part of the human experience. Disease, famine, even success, ambition, all these things, wealth, health, all these things are just part of the human condition that you agree to as you stay alive on this planet. And you agree to it, either you agree to it and do it, or you just you're just gonna die. Either way, that's the only way to handle these things that happen to us in life. You have to deal with them head on, and if you don't, you're gonna fall by the wayside, or just live a or just live a cynical life, and that's no life to live. There's no there's no there's there's no hope in that, and that's one thing you can't ever lose lose sight of is hope, man. You can't let hope become a memory like that. Well, I'm definitely not gonna be one of those who roasts you because. You know, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you, man. Like I, um, I think it, it comes down to like how you handled it. Right. I think some people just really, you know, just really shit the bed. They really did not take advantage, advantage of anything. This showed I mean, who people were to oh, think about. I mean, you're literally getting these fat checks from the government and that, that, that happened for, for a nice period of time. Yeah, where you had a lot of people making more money than they did while they were working. Well, while they were working, so, yeah. <laughs> so you're getting you're making more money now than you did while you were working, and uh, you're not working. So like, what are you doing? Yeah. Now, yes, you you can't you can't go to the club and and you can't do this, but there's so many other things. You, oh, you can't go to the gym. You don't need to go to the gym. Do calisthenics. Do, oh, get yeah. a pull-up bar. Do some push-ups. Do some sit-ups run a mile like there's so many things you could do to better yourself spend some um, time with your kids spend some time with your kids your wife guess what learn a language learn yeah get a certification like there's and i think that i i don't i, don't, I'm not, I was about to say the majority of the people but I, I really don't know i don't i don't know if anyone knows if there's a number there might be i don't know i don't know what the number is but i would assume that a lot of people really let this opportunity to better better themselves Slip go by. to waste. Yeah, yeah, it, it slips right by. And and you know, I, I I almost I almost could have been one of those victims because I do remember there was a point where I got complacent and I was just you know day drinking or mm -hmm. doing whatever, playing video games all day, or just just not being productive. Right, right, and there was there became a point where I, I realized i was like you know what you know this is eventually gonna end i have a kid coming mm -hmm. i my i lost my my career well it wasn't really a career about my job as a in the service industry service industry yeah um that you know has not rebounded and so i had to make a pivot you know and i was like well i love technology I, that's going to be something that's going to be booming because everyone's working from home. So I just started studying, man. I started refreshing my mind because yeah. I, I worked in IT um, almost 20 years ago yeah. um, for everyone's internet back in, you know, like 2001. Mm -hmm. And now 20 years later, I have returned to, <laughs> to that industry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, literally in, 
basically I spent months just studying and learning and bettering myself and doing interviews, the whole, you know, the whole interview process, the yeah. resume process. <laughs> Res start. Um, those hard, those hard foot, those hard, uh, yeah. grassroots grinds, dude. But dude, within one week in one week span, I got hired at a new job. Yeah. I bought a house and I had a baby. Yeah. So that all happened in one week in 2020. So my life has forever changed. Yeah. And f for the better, I'm in work. I'm an IT specialist now where I feel like my role is only going to grow and blossom as I continue to gain more knowledge and more certifications. Mm -hmm. um, I have a child, which is, you know, I can't even really put into words how rewarding it is to yeah. see like you were talking about earlier, right? I think that for me, that's also the most, uh, the greatest thing about a child is seeing that development, right? Right. Um, seeing like them respond to your voice <laughs> mm -hmm. and, you know, grabbing your finger, like you said, and, you know, they're, they're not getting stronger and yeah, like that, you know, that's the best part. And I can't wait till she starts talking and moving and yeah, it's going to be crazy. And, and the house, like now I have my house. I've never owned a house before mm -hmm. and it's crazy. Like that all happened in 2020. So I think the reason why people see 2020 as, and maybe, you know, I can't, obviously if you had some, you know, if you, if you had COVID like mess up your life, whether it was you got yeah. it and you got whether you I mean people people lost like entire family lines like you know exactly. we get, we get I can, that I can I can I, there's, I can't blame them for really mm -hmm. you know wanting to write off 2020 right but right. I would say the majority of the people just didn't capitalize you know right. um I I don't know I don't, I don't know I kind of I kind of say that my you know when I was incarcerated uh, and we would go on these you know lockdowns where you were just limited I mean I'm already limited when I'm incarcerated into like going out and stuff so mm. I kind of just put that in my mindset I was like man I need to go back into that mindset about bettering myself because when I was incarcerated that's what I did whether it was working out or reading and once I got that focus man like um it, it I mean it changed my life like for for the better you know yeah. I'm, I'm better now than i was last year man and you you're from what you you tell me your life story from years ago when you like when you're incarcerated dude like i always remind myself i don't have much to complain about because vic is fucking about it <laughs> <laughs> like you and my buddy and my other buddy too like <laughs> i remember one day i met a third friend i was like man why am i meeting a bunch of my all my friends are all of a sudden have been locked up before i was like it's but all of them have made something of themselves and have done something to so hey, I ain't going back. You know, you. I remember you would tell me about guys that said they weren't, you know, that just were in and out constantly. I'm like, just man, that ain't no life to live. And you know, by the grace of God, I've met someone like you that has been that example, and is someone who I can also use to tell my daughter as an example. Hey, you know, my friend Vic has gone through not to say the same things as she ain't going to jail, but like just things like he's made it through, it and you can make it through too. I have people in my life who have push the envelope to make something of themselves and to have, and to have something. And to, like you said, having a house, man, that's a big achievement. And um, the challenge now for us is to impart 
these things that we learn and continue to learn onto, you know, our daughters. And, you know, that's something that neither you nor I can really plan for at this time. I'm sure in a year or two, it'll be a whole nother podcast episode on the journey throughout the last, you know, one to two years. And then you can almost make a, and that's the thing about, you know, parenting is it it evolves, right? It's never going to be the same. You know, it's going to be something as technology grows, parenting will, along with everything else. And, um, you know, I look forward to making videos and those conversations. Hey, how did I have the conversation with my daughter about racial inequality and things like that? You know, because that's important that people have those references because YouTube and everybody else, they tell you how to like, oh, how to burp, how to, you know, feed, how to, you know, do all this. But no one tells you how to have those hard conversations. And let me ask you this. So obviously with, you know, all the turmoil and everything that's been going going on recently, um, there's been a lot of like, hate towards like police um right. has that uh hate kind of slid down to the fire department or have not you, one not, not one bit not one bit okay mm-hmm. zero i'm glad to hear that man i mean I, I feel like the the hate towards police is ridiculous and uh, yeah it is it's unfortunate and i would hate for that to somehow especially coming you. from my family's background right yeah yeah i mean like I said, I kind of feel like things aren't as bad as they were when they were at their peak. Um, I just think like it's very, it's 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 the media, it's people being allowing themselves. It's one of those things that we're talking about, like the system of the person. Is is this the same issue, right? Like, all right, why are you listening to all this garbage that this? Mm-hmm corporation is, is pumping out all they want is they're just clickbaits they're just yeah that's, they, a, they, they, that's all it is people forget about what the news is there for they make money they are a money-making entity and whenever you have entities that are most entities that are out there to make money have their own agenda which i'm not gonna say is wrong that's the capitalist society that we all have agreed to so but the, the important thing is to just do your research on more than just one like news outlet i try to at least look at three four different sources you know right. so, um, you know to at least try to get a and even then you're not going to know the truth because you weren't there and you weren't a part of it. Right. So you're kind of only getting secondhand knowledge, you know? What, what have you, what would you say has been like the biggest impact for like in terms of COVID for your job? Trying not to get it. <laughs> I mean, there's like 185 <laughs> fires quarantine. Oh right yeah. Let me, so like y'all, I mean, you guys still live together during that, that uh, two yeah. days, right? Or has that changed? Any, any no, we still do thing? without trying to, I'm trying to see how I can phrase this correctly. Uh, yes, we all we still live together. You know, we cook. You know, we we same thing. You 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 and your family does. And me and my family, we're together. We sleep in the same rooms. We're right. together. So, um, it's just one of those things, man. Where when you took on a job like this, you accepted the risk. Now, did I think I'd be in the middle of a pandemic as a firefighter? No, I knew I'd be in a burning building and then, you know every kind of crazy stuff that I really didn't imagine until I got in, but it's, I, I signed up for the job. And if you don't want to do the job, get out. You know what I mean? People yeah. rely on us to help them. And, you know, I'd be lying to you. I said, there comes a time where I've made, you know, even fires. I'm scared shitless, but I have a job to do. And you, you know, and the same thing with this pandemic, we have a job to do. You know, people rely on us to get them where they need to go and to mitigate their problems, whether they're self-imposed or not, is irrelevant to the time they call because they need help now regardless of where they caused it themselves or whether it happened by natural means, they need our help. And so that's why we're here and that's what we're going to do. 
So now has has there been more fires or less since COVID's since uh, the quarantine? The report, or, the, our report did come out like on Twitter. We've had more fires and EMS calls this year by I think by I think like two or three hundred fire calls and like a couple thousand EMS calls. I don't want to quote the numbers wrong, so I won't. Um, but there has been an increase in that. But it's not necessarily say that's because of COVID, because people are home. So yeah, that could be many reasons. Some people. When the weather gets cold, some people turn on their space heaters and it's near those vinyl walls and the wall catches fire. Some people smoke cigarettes in the house and throw it in the trash can. So all kind of crazy stuff. You know, I have one lady set her boyfriend's car on fire in the garage, you know, so it's just domestic domestic problems have definitely gone up. Domestic disputes have absolutely gone through the roof. Do you, uh, do y'all handle that too? Yes. If it's like a beat if if a child or something or another person's been beaten, yeah, we do. Or if it's wow. suspected, they may call us out to check the patient out. But yeah, we do respond to that. Uh, assault calls are normally what they are. What 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 ha- what happens if you show up somewhere and you find out this? Because I remember we talked about this last time. You know, uh, you guys aren't allowed to travel with firearm. If if if, if some if you find out that somebody has a firearm, you have to call the police, right? You have to kind of chill out first before you go in there. Or how does that uh, work out? I'm not going to speak directly on how we... protocols yeah yeah, yeah I'm not gonna... <laughs> that's fine that's fine i don't i don't want to get nobody in trouble here yeah yeah oh, would... here, here's what i will say if we're if we're making a call oec which is the office of emergency communications will send us notes and say hey suspect is said to have a gun or knife you know stage when you get there so when we get there we'll stage back you know oh, okay so we won't we may not go on scene until police get there now does right, everybody right. do that you know i'll leave that up to your imagination but you know smart smart firemen um they will stay back and wait for the police to get there and let them handle it because it's not if you get shot or something you can't help anybody you know now um have you heard anything about because i I don't i don't know i think i read that once once the vaccine starts coming over here that i think first responders would would get first dibs at it uh Um, they're saying they're saying first responders and like healthcare workers yeah well, you count as that, right? Yeah, I would. I, I'm, so, I'm assuming your next question is, am I going to take it? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a long discussion about this with Ari, with uh, Ariel, and obviously the little one was was discussed with that too. And um, So here's how me and my dad rationalized it, is you might as well go ahead and take it because if you don't take it and you catch it, even though we're young, healthy, the young and healthy have all died. Not all, sorry. Scratch that. Have died. There have been some that have died. I'm not trying to be the one two percent either. If you do catch, if you do take it, you have some side effects that that happen. And I read some report where fires. They said they got they they developed balls palsy or something like that. And two of the six two of the six patients died out of forty four thousand. I'll take two out of six or even six patients that died out of a forty four thousand man trial. That's better than the. 300 plus thousand that have already died from catching this virus. So, and the thing is, if all the healthcare workers and doctors and nurses take the vaccine and we all die in three years or something, or we all, we're we're all fucked anyway. (laughs) We're screwed anyway. So you're not going to have any firefighters, you're not going to have any police, no doctors, no surgeons, you know, and if you do, it's going to be overrun because most of them took the vaccine. Or if let's say let's say the vaccine was bad and we all died in a week, well everybody's screwed because all the people that can help people are gone. So you might as well take it. You know, it's 
it's a pivotal time in our history, Vic. It's pivotal, dude. It's the same pivotation as uh, 1930s, I think, is when they found the vaccine for the Spanish flu or the flu, whatever flu you want to call it. Some people don't like that. It seems like the they call it Spanish flu, but we know it is the Spanish flu. So for political purposes, we call it the Spanish flu. It's equivalent to when they took the vaccine then. I tried to find numbers of like how many people took the vaccine at that time and the side effects or deaths that happened from it, and I could not find it. I'm not sure if I'm not Googling it right. I'm probably not. All it says was the vaccine was found in like 1934, uh, between 32 and 4, 1940. You so know, it was right um, before what, the war or right after the war? World War I. One of the two. At least we do have the UK as guinea pigs. They're already giving it to people. Yeah. They're already pumping it out. And so you're going to have millions of people um, take this vaccine before we, we, you know, before we hand it out over here. So at least we'll see, right? We'll see. Um, I think the worry what is what happens in five, in like two to five years. Like, is it gonna fuck up your? They say it doesn't alter your genes or your DNA. They yeah, say it just I mean, tricks your body into thinking it has. It sounds it sounds harmless, quote unquote. You know, like it just tricks your body to think you have it, so you build the antibodies. It sounds like a very simple process. I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there's a scientific answer for all that, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's. It's 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 the best move to make. I mean, like you said, we've we've had vaccines before. We had the polio vaccine. Polio. You have AIDS research medication have come out. People with AIDS, HIV are living longer than ever before, healthier lives than they ever had before. You know, yeah. so I, the the science and research is working because you're seeing medical miracles happen. Yeah, yeah, the only issue that I think some people had that I could understand a little bit was. They were like, well, you know, it came out really fast. Like, yeah, this, yeah. This well, kind of, this also, and, was and I just, I just have, yeah, I just have to explain to these people that technology is at an all-time high. Right? High, and it's getting and higher every when day. You, when you factor in that this was a global issue, right? Right. So the country's medical community was working together. Yeah, they're, all, they're all, yeah. all over the world. Thousands of scientists working together. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense that that the vaccine gets created a lot quick, you know, quicker than normal because right. of the circumstances and of the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like I will eventually take it, um, you know, mainly because I, I think it's, it's good. Like I am a believer in science and I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm a believer in science I'm not a huge believer in conspiracies unless there's a, there's good evidence behind it. Right? Yeah, like, I'm definitely there. a believer that the government murdered JFK. I believe that. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of evidence, but um, all these other theories and crap about vaccines being bad or the government using these vaccines for some hidden agenda. Yeah, I, I don't buy that. Uh, I don't. I don't buy that. <laughs> um, the vaccine is being distributed to people all over the world. This is a global thing. It's not. So, yeah, you have you know, some people that tell you, like, "Oh, it's a global agenda. It's the, it's the deep government that's uh, <laughs> that's sending out all of that." I don't know. I mean, that that's too over my head for me to worry about or care about. And they probably know that too. It's the thing I tell people: like, if the government wants your information, they're gonna find it. They're gonna find you. They're gonna find whatever it. And that's, that's anybody, right? Everybody's shit is out there. So, I mean, they're going to... 
you know, what you, if you haven't done the high, you got nothing to worry about. If you got some high, you're probably living in a different kind of world anyway. You're probably not on social media much. You're probably, some, I don't know, spy or CIA. I don't know. But people can find out information if they want to easily. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, it's, uh, I don't know when it'll be available to like general public. Hopefully, you know, soon. I understand the order of obviously like vaccinating, you know, your public health officials is up first because we're likely the ones to spread it, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it just it just depends on how much money you got. Does it though? Because the vaccine's free. Well, yeah, but it's, but it's free if you can get it. You know, we we can't we, we don't have it yet. Like we're not passing it out right you, now. You think so, someone's you think someone's like sell like sell, like gonna be selling that shit? Dude, like black market? Stop like, it. Of yeah. course, I think that. Well, it, it's not gonna be like the black market. It's gonna be about do you have the money and who do you know, right? Because I remember. Um, in the beginning of COVID, you remember how tests were very hard to get because they just didn't have that many tests. They, yeah, they're they, just they had, you had to pay for them then. So there were still people that were getting tests. I remember listening to an interview with like Tony Hawk, and he was like, "Yeah, I had to get myself tested and like some other people tested." Don't ask me where I got the tests, but I got them. Uh, so yeah, dude, like, a lot of act like uh, Idris Abba. Uh, I think Kevin Durant, right? Like a lot of celebrities were getting tested. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if if you got the money, yeah. Like yeah. The, so this vaccine, that's already that. There's two of them, right? They're getting passed out. Uh, over there Pfizer and, and Moderna. So, if you got the bread, I mean, if you're Kevin Durant, I mean, you just make a phone call, right? You call the freaking. I think Kevin Durant's with either Nike or Adidas. One of those. I mean, you just call the head guy of that company. And be like, hey. Or the NBA guy, or somebody. You call somebody, and they be like, "Yeah, it's gonna be like a hundred thousand. Okay, here you go. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, cause you. I mean, just like there's people that don't want to take it. There's people that really, 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 they really, take really want to take it. Yeah, they're like, I'm better off taking it than I am not taking it. And they're right. They are. <laughs> they're a lot better off taking it than not. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's gonna be if, if, if like like kid like if if there's like a I'm not sure if like our kids will have to or not. They don't um, really worry about babies that much, I guess. But it's a good question. I'm hoping not. I'm thinking that if they're able to get a you know a control control the disease and mm-hmm. infection rates go down. Um, you know, by the time our kids have to go to school, maybe it won't be a required shot, you know, because I think yeah. some, I don't know what the required shots for kids nowadays is, but mm-hmm. I think they, they, you still have to have like shot records and stuff like right. tetanus shots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it might become a part of the requirement. It might just be incorporated to like this, like super shot. <laughs> super shot. I know for us, it's a volunteer. They sent us an email about it uh, the other day. It's a volunteer. So it's not required for, I mean, the flu shot's not required, so I would say, why would this be? But, you know, this is also a fucking pandemic, so. It's oh, so it's, it's actually, it's not required for you to take it? It's voluntary. Yeah, I forgot what, um, where I was looking, that they were kind of having that debate about if it should be mandatory or, I think. I, oh, actually, you know what, I, I think I read somewhere that if a job fires you for not taking it, that it wasn't wrong, like it wasn't illegal. I think that's kind of messed up, right? What do you think about that? If 
I'm trying to think of it in terms of like what I would do if someone chose not to take it. Uh, I wouldn't fire him. I can't see that because like why would you, I mean I can't see why you don't make him take the flu shot and that you know that's that's deadly too for some people where they got asthma and things like that. So I mean you know, if it was yeah. mandatory now if you have that for us like we gotta get a uh, the Tdap shots or we gotta get a hepatitis B shot. If we don't get it, then you don't go work for the Houston Fire Department. So that's different. That's a required shot. Now, right, if, right. What I'm saying is that that that's it, the case for some jobs. Some jobs saying you're required to get this shot. Ah, yeah. man, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, are you? So, like in the restaurant industry, I can't think. of me and you work. Did we have to? You didn't. Have to, you just walked in and signed up and just applied, right? You had to worry about those shot records. No. Yeah, no, there's no, no shot. No, yeah, I mean, what kind you, of job the only thing is? You need- is TABC, that's it. Okay, I'll put it to you like this. If your job has to deal with handling uh, people with health issues, yeah, absolutely. But if you're just if you're a clerk, a county clerk, no. I mean, what, what, do you need to get, what do you need to be required to do that for? Where, you can wear a mask when you're at work and you'll be fine. Right. I, I'll tell you something crazy. Ariel's workplace, which will remain will undisclosed, their policy is uh, if you have the virus but you show no symptoms you still report to work i asked so, her i said i said how true is that i said are you sure that's in the book <laughs> you, you're sure like you read it you check with your manager i said is that you sure that, that just that just don't sound right but she swears up and down she swears that's it she says she's says yeah which <laughs> is crazy but at, at her job everyone's required to wear a mask correct yes they so, do. They, they wear them, wear them uh, all day. So, I, so you know what's funny is because uh, I don't know if I, if I mentioned it on the podcast. I think I, we talked about it earlier about about the wedding, um, that that I want I, I was trying to go to today, but ultimately didn't go. Um, if and I was so I was you know you know my girl was like oh if you go you got to come back in quarantine and yeah, yeah I was like reading it reading the the guidelines and how things work and stuff. So apparently, if you never display symptoms, then spreading the virus is like a lot, lot more difficult. Like it's very, very low that you're going to spread it because yeah. I, don't, I don't know the, the technical scientific way, but I yeah, just know that well, well, it makes sense, right? Because if you're not showing the symptoms then probably the virus hasn't reproduced a lot inside your, inside of you. Right, so right. you can't really just, you know, spread it as easily. You Agreed, still can. Yeah. You still can, yeah. But it's not. And because they maintain these very high safety protocols uh, where she works at, they feel like, well, even though they got it, but because they don't have symptoms, mm. they don't have it. It's not strong inside of them, making them not as strong to spread it, then... As long as everyone's following the protocol, things should be fine. Um, I, I, I Man, can kind of. I'm, I'm just not knowledgeable enough to like know if that's true or not. You kind of just got to go with what they say on that. You know, that's like one of those things where you got to trust the word. That, that, but it makes sense, right? Like you said, like if you're not showing, if you don't, you might not have enough of it in well, you. Well, actually, I got, I got. Uh, there have been experiments done on this, mm-hmm. and it's called the NFL. Um, so I, I, yeah. I, I, told, I told, I told, I told my girl, I was like, cause she was like, yeah, you're going to have to isolate inside the house for two weeks. And I was like, I, I pulled out the NFL protocol. I was like, look, the NFL protocol, oh, God. this, this, this dude 
And it's actually the Unifor protocol is actually modeled after the, the CDC. So it's not yeah, like, I mean, I heard that. I heard so, so a player, a player has a COVID, right? Mm-hmm. But he has shown no symptoms. So he can't, he has to, you know, stay at home. Mm-hmm. He gets tested. Well, obviously they know he has COVID because they get tested all the time. Mm-hmm. So then you get retested um, five days later. And, right. and if you have not shown any symptoms, then by the seventh day, you're good to go. They, they throw you back in there yeah. with everybody. And there has not been any outbreak. Like, so any, any player who has got COVID and quarantine, because, they, you know, they usually don't show symptoms, and seven days later they go back, they don't spread it. Um, so I think there's uh, definitely some truth to it um, because we're seeing it. Now, granted, the only argument you really can say is like, well, they're NFL players. They're all incredible athletes, and they're in shape, and they're yeah. healthy. So their immune system is is not normal. Well, some, of, some of them have said it's put them down. So no, them no, out. yeah, you're right. I mean, yes, I mean, you can still be one of those few mm-hmm. who's in shape and you get COVID and, man, like, it, it really fucks you up. The best to with, do it, though, was the NBA. The bubble was oh, just the bubble. Well, it was almost it was almost foolproof damn near no one was in no one out. actually it was nobody no so nobody got it nope and no, the entire 100 something games or whatever they played no one got covid they, so, they I mean, did they, the bu- they did the bubble the only thing i'm not sure of i i'm almost certain that like people like the ball boy or like the referees or like i'm almost certain the reporters they didn't live in the bubble but because you know the people i don't know get, i think everybody was there um, because well, they, I mean, they, it was like a hotel that, and they they could only like shuttle them. I can't no, no, think. That, that, right, right. That's but that's the players because the players are the ones oh, that yeah. are maintaining that level of contact. Yeah, you know, you have you had your guys like the announcer guys that were doing the play by play on TNT. Right, they're like in those little glass boots. Mm-hmm. They're not even they're not even having contact with each other. They're no. separated. So I'm assuming they get to go home. Right. They're not playing, you know. They're not. They're, there's no game every night for them to even have to commentate commentate on. So, mm-hmm. I and and I, so I think, I think, and you know, I think it was shown that there are ways you can handle this. There are things you can do. Um, so I think with that, with the vaccine, um, hopefully you see 2021 really. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm hoping by like the second quarter of the year, you know, where by like the summertime, we're moving, like moving, swing. moving kind of past it a little bit. Yeah. I It'd mean, be interesting to see where we go from here, to be honest, like where history goes. Same, you know, with Joe Biden, with every, it just be interesting. I can't, it'd be interesting to see just where we progress here. Once we kind of get past all this and see where we're trying to head to. So. Yeah. I, th- I think, I mean, I think things will never be the way they were before because as they shouldn't be. Um, there is going to be that that concern, but I think like anything else, you know, time heals all wounds, mm-hmm. and I feel like if there's like no crazy second or third, you know, another another outbreak, yeah, from I think in definitely like in five years, you know, I mean, 
people are doing what they used to do. Um, but I think like this 2021, you definitely are going to see a, a, uh, a resurgence, but um, it's going to take probably close to five years until it's like back yeah. to a hundred percent full swing with, with everybody that, being comfortable. On, yeah. Yeah. I just, it was a humbling year, man. I just hope people, and like for those people out there who are going to listen to this, like if you haven't like made anything of yourself this year, like if you've like, it's never too late. Right. Like, try take the time that this year and even some of next year too because some of you're not just out of the woods just all of a sudden in 2021 like take the time to evaluate how you can make yourself better throughout all this because there's opportunity there you know it may be hard maybe difficult i mean i get it like like you vic you've done so much throughout this time i learned how to build a whole computer on my own how to how to broadcast how to how to edit video how to work how to do photo photoshop adobe like hundreds of hours probably not hundreds 90 hours of like youtube tutorials <laughs> to like learn oh, how to do all this stuff you know like I'm not, hundreds I'm not of minutes uh i i enjoy uh how you do it man like it's like each each episode like you have a different little theme going and, you, and your little pictures where you're like holding up words <laughs> yeah <different things. laughs> i'm trying trying different stuff man see what works this some of the, the youtube algorithm is complicated to be honest man some stuff i worry about some stuff i don't i try to come up with a title that that will bring people in that's not clickbait and it's like i even like in my video people are like oh hey man that makes sure you like and subscribe i hate doing that pitch and i i really do like i i do it but i don't like it i may tell people like what i've done recently in my, my video that be coming out on monday i was like hey guys if you guys want to see more content like this just like and subscribe to the video to see more i'm not like hey guys please like and subscribe because it helps the channel and i, I don't feel like going through the whole spill man like if you find this information to be helpful to you, you're going to you're going to like it and subscribe and want to watch more. Cuz a lot of people content creators they want to make this their full-time job. I don't care about this being my full-time job. I have a full-time job that I love. I just I'm putting these things out here cuz one it, like you said it's still selfish. It helps me too. Kind of just right. vent a little bit and maybe there's some other people out there or some other dads out there going through what we're going through that we can all talk and relate to each other. And just be a support system. So if that's all it turns out to be, and I don't make a single dime from it, fine. I don't care. But at least, and, and I think I think that's the right the attitude world. to have, man. I really do. Um, I mean, that's that's the attitude I, that I have. And how, how long ago did you start 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 it? I had the idea to even build the computer in June. I built it in August, and I finally started like streaming, doing videos, like in September ish. Okay, so, so just has, a couple months ago. Just a couple months ago, so I really even started really doing that. And like, it's funny you even ask. I didn't even think about how much I've learned in that period of time. Like, it just it seems like I've been doing this for like a year or two because so much information has been crammed into my head. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely, definitely keep keep going. Um, I, you know, it it it, it took a while for me to kind of go, hey, man, like should I be doing this? Or like, is anybody going to ever look at this or what's, what's going on? Right. And I, I found out that that was just the wrong, the wrong mentality to have. Mm -hmm. Like I shouldn't worry about how many people are listening. I shouldn't worry yeah. about who's listening. I, I should just do it. Just create it. Just exactly. Don't give yourself limitations. Don't, um, I'm not saying you can't like listen to suggestions or anything right, like that because right. constructive criticism is great, but do it because that's what you want to do right. you know like my show i think i'm going on uh i think like 
two or three years, mm-hmm. I think like two years. And I mean, now I have listeners all over the world and right. the country for sure. But it's, it's crazy once you realize what's happening. But the only way that's going to happen is if you stay true to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> trying to change things up because somebody doesn't like it or because that's what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Man, forget that. Do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. build what you want and they will come they will come and it's you know? good that you acknowledge the fact that like because i've done that too like when i've streamed before I, you know you, you you don't want to but you look at the numbers you see who's mm-hmm. there and I, I hated that so i tried to figure out how to turn off the because i didn't care i don't want to see the view count i knew is i and i think maybe you told me this before, but i knew that as long as i make the production a little bit better than the previous production it'll get to where i want it to be you know, and I I play on a I play games on a widescreen monitor. I do everything on a, on an ultra wide, and I had a hard time trying to get it to cooperate with OBS because it's a twenty one by nine aspect ratio, as opposed to a sixteen by nine, which is like the general screen size ratio for everything, right? And I right. just so happened to find this guy on Reddit. I just happened to just message him, and he messaged me back and taught me how to like make the settings work, so I can also enjoy my experience and create a different kind of experience for the viewer. And it's just, you know, it gets, goes to my brother, buddy was like, oh man, you're going to have to like change it. You know, you may have to just go back to this monitor. I'm like, man, I don't really don't want to do that. I don't feel right doing that. And it's just, you know, that's another message that me and Vic like put into the world. And that we've always told each other, man, is if it's, if it's, it's your baby, people are going to like it and people are not going to like it. They're going to talk shit whether you have 2 million viewers like Joe Rogan. People talk shit about Joe Rogan all the time. All the time. People talk shit about Joe Rogan. They call him hey, racist. Man. They call him everything else. Say, um, man, do you know what's funny is like, like. I mean, you know how much I love my boy Joe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. he's the one. He's the one that inspired me to do this, the podcast in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear it all the time. All the time. Because, because I mean, I kind, kind. I, it's kind of my fault why my my friends or my girl gives me shit about it, is because I. I mean, I listen to, I've listened to damn near every episode he has. Mm-hmm. So like, a lot of when I'm talking about, like, hey, you know what, you know what Joe said, or you know who Joe had on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess she's probably just tired of it or maybe my friends are tired of hearing about it. But I mean, it, it, it's crazy because it wasn't always like that with Joe. And I <laughs> yeah. think ever since he, it's it, it, ever since he got that fat ass deal with Spotify, ever since he got that, you know, it was probably like, has more I mean, listeners. It's like a new audience and maybe, I don't know. Well, well it, it's, it's, you, you got more haters now because people, because he's just got this more exposure. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, people before didn't know who he was. So you really can't dislike something you have, you don't know anything about. Yeah. So then when they start learning about him due to the fact that whatever platform they use and maybe they're a little bit more conservative, they hear mm-hmm. some of, they hear clips of him. Right. They don't ever, they don't ever like listen to an episode of him. Mm-hmm. A whole, you know, cause they're long. They are two, three hours, two, long. three hours long. Easy, and it's easier to just go to YouTube and just click on a a clip, a audio, a clip. That t- those said. ten minutes, the JRE, the Joe Rogan Experience clips. There's a clips yeah, YouTube and, page, and a lot of those people have agendas, right? They're they either a they do, if they don't like him, they're gonna post clips and mm. and cut him and, and and edit them the way they want to make him look like he is. Uh, a racist or hates women or right. hates gay people, whatever. When in reality, none of that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you I, call it the elephant in the room. What is it really? People don't like when people have more than they do either. 
They're envious. They're jealous. And everybody is subject to those emotions. I have felt that way. I have seen somebody with like the success that I like to get to. I'd be like, man, fuck, they have that. But then I, but the, what's important when you have those feelings is one, acknowledge the fact that you have that feeling because it's normally not that person's fault. It's yours. And the way I do it is I'm like, okay, Clayton, why do you feel this way about that person? What are you not doing in your daily routine that's that's making you feel like you have less? And so then I take that step that step back. I correct it. So whether it's maybe I didn't work out that day. I'm like, okay, I need to go work out. So I make sure I know that I'm moving myself forward. And that, it instantly rectifies those feelings. And it, it allows me to give the gift of gratitude to that person instead and say, damn, how can I create something like that? That's my own. Not not how can I be the next not how can I be the next XYZ? How can I be the next XYZ and it be me? Cause it's not gonna be them. And that's how I that's how I, you know, go about rectifying those feelings. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people like that, but I don't really associate with too many people like that. Like I think most of the people um that I associate with that talk down on him is usually because like we were saying, they, they don't do the, the research. And that, mm-hmm. that goes back to like what most people do, you know? I mean, I'm not going to say, I, I, I guess I can say I've been guilty of it. At, you know, I think I've saw something that kind of fit my narrative. And then I yeah. quickly was like, oh, look, look, I told you. <laughs> it, it turns out that wasn't even true. Yeah, no so shit. I, I think we've all been guilty of it, right? So Yeah, yeah absolutely. I just think it's 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 important that um I mean especially like if it's somebody you you love or you're close to and you're like oh no you shouldn't you shouldn't listen oh he's stupid or blah blah, blah. like I, I I have I have a firm I I believe very firmly that 5 years from now 10 years from now I mean like Joe Rogan's going to be like um like just be like a, a great example of because even though he wasn't the first podcaster, he's not the last podcaster. Right. He's the one everyone references, right? Whenever right. you say podcast and you, and you think you just it's Joe immediately, Rogan. immediately Joe Rogan, yeah. And you could argue he's he, the face of podcasting. He has inspired so many people. I mean, kind of, kind of, this guy, I heard a uh, episode with him the other, uh, early a couple of days ago. And they were saying like, Hey, like what are, without getting into te- too much, too many, too many, uh, of the numbers but like can you talk about a little bit like since you went to spotify like how many uh, did, did spotify give you the numbers he's like well i'll just say this every month hundreds of millions of views every month hundreds mm-hmm. of millions yeah and it this man like it's one thing for a show to be built upon um you know, sex or to be built upon violence or to be built upon whatever. Mm-hmm. This man literally built this show about what he thought was the truth mm-hmm. and his opinion about his life, like with no influence whatsoever yeah. from corporate America. Like that is so, so, so rare. Can you name me somebody else who literally created their own platform? their own show that has no affiliation with anything else other than himself. Not off the top of my head. No, I can't. Maybe say maybe besides maybe Dante Nero, but then I <laughs> that dude, he has maybe, but I, I 
on the level on the level of Joe Rogan and how he does it. No, there's not there's not anybody I can think of. I'm sure there's somebody listening to this that's gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, Aaron Aaron John. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean another person that you, you might be able to point to, um, if you really think about it, someone like Howard Stern, like oh he, he, yeah, oh, how could, yeah, and that's radio casting too. It, it but is, still, but still, it opened what, the door though. The, yeah, what? And yeah, I mean, he started in radio, true, but like now, the way things are now with like. Especially like Howard, like Howard interviews people, and it, I mean he's he's actually like more than a podcast, right? Because I yeah. think he's on the he's, I think he's on the air for like I don't know five six hours or what, however many hours. So he has like he has to come up with all these little things like prank calling, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. all that stuff that goes. And so it's like would, more you can find his content too in like other places too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My buddy um, Eddie Bob, a good Joe Button. That's how, that's actually another good example. Joe Button's a good example as well. But you know, they asked him like, "What, what do you think is the reason like your show is so successful?" And he mm-hmm. says, "You know, it's because there's no bullshit. There's yeah. no bullshit, and there's no dilution from corp from corporate. Like, there's no executive. There's mm-hmm. no writers. There's no. Is he's like, I book all my guests, and, and he's like, what's funny if you you know think about what I love about Joe is he has his guest list is crazy." I mean, you'll literally have Kanye West. Oh yeah, Kanye West, Dave, some uh, Dave Chappelle, some economists. But, but, uh, uh, what's his uh, name? Uh, astrophysicist. Peter, Peter uh, Jordan uh, Peterson, one of my favorite. Jordan people Peterson, to listen to. some FBI guy, CIA guy, <laughs> yeah, a freaking the, uh, psychologist. Snowden was, Snowden was on there. Snowden. And I was like, wasn't he? I was like, wasn't he in Russia? Or like arrested? I was yeah. like, How did he get Mike, Snowden? Mike Tyson. Mike, yeah, dude, that's crazy. UFC on fighters, there. comedians, like. It's, it's a beautiful it's, thing. It's a beautiful and and you know he says look like I just I just like talking. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I just talk to people about things that I find interesting. Right. And that's literally I was like you know what I don't need to create anything uh with more with this structure like just do that. Oh, Alex and, Jones. Uh, somebody in the comments just Eddie just said that in the comments Alex Jones is another one. Oh, okay. You got people live right now. I can't see that, but that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, man, like, and I think when it, you know, even, even, so all those haters that talk down on them and at the end of the day, they're just going to have to admit like, Hey, even though you don't, you don't have to like what he says. I don't no. agree with everything he says. Right. That's not the point. No. The point is that he built this without the influence that most mm-hmm. media is, is corrupted with. Like, right. It's hard for people to even believe any source you give them because of the dilution, because of the constant garbage that is being portrayed as news. Yeah. And for someone to be able to to succeed in that market by creating like this own niche, it's 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 amazing uh, in mm. my opinion. And yeah, well, so it's I a product. Think, what happens when you stay true to what you want to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you're not doing pure evil, you're, um, you're doing better than most. <laughs> yeah, you, you just yeah. need to follow what what makes you happy, man. Because you know, even though I don't like all the all the BS that's out there, like I remember my girl showed me this video of like people eating, but like it was like a zoomed in view of their mouth, but like the audio was like really really loud and Ooh. like detailed, so you could hear like every little crunch and like. And so there was like chicks, like hot chicks that would eat and record. You're talking and about was, uh, ASMR. 
audio audio sensory motor response yeah and i was like yeah i was like this has millions of millions of you do people just want to so i mean (laughs) it's crazy dog it's crazy a lot of hot chicks do it yeah i'm i'm not gonna knock them you know no it works it's like it's like only fans right it's like these chicks who are becoming millionaires uh instagram or only fans or whatever kind of thing you're doing selling (laughs) your body like like I'm not going to knock you. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say I shouldn't be allowed. Like, go ahead, you know, do what you got to do, but don't, don't act like if it's something that's hard, right? You, you found your, you're exploiting, uh, industry and that's fine. It's legal. I'm asking asking you something, dog. It it could happen. It's crazy. Let me know. Ask me. What if your, what if your daughter's like, dad, I want to make only thing. Oh my God. (laughs) You hate to hear it, but uh, those are those are someone's daughters uh, that were. Some I mean, of them were there; their dads were in their lives, and here they are on OnlyFans. Yeah, true. It's um, tough. It's, that's here, okay. I mean, well, here, I mean here, here, here's the thing. I, I I mean I mean I guess I'll, this will probably answer the question. I mean I don't think porn should be illegal, right? Let's just take it the yeah, full yeah. spectrum. Porn. I don't think prostitution um, should be illegal. Say, cause, I mean, right, right, there you go. So we're on the same page. Yeah, so we're on the same page. Um, do I want my daughter to do that? No, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know any. I guess maybe, maybe if you are a porn producer, then maybe you would be like, well, I hope one day, you know, my little daughter is a star. But maybe. I hope not. But I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't want that for my child. But I can honestly say that if she ended up doing that, I mean, I'm not going to love her any less. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna obviously say like, "Hey, you could have succeeded in this, that, or the other," and but at the end of the day, you know, um, you can only do so much, right? For right. your for your child, because you push you you push away from it, it's gonna push them towards it. Here's my pre preemptive formula for handling a question like that regarding anything, even if she wants to be a lawyer. I would ask to say, "Okay, sweetie, what made you want to be that? Where'd you get that from?" And I would ask those kind of questions. Okay, I got it from so and so, or I saw so and so. I said, "Okay." What do you know about that? And you know, I want her to tell me what she knows about it. I said, okay. Have you done? I'd ask her. Have you done any research on your own to find out more about it? And she tells me yes or no. Fine. I said, okay. If this is something you want to do, you need to know the dangers of doing it and what can happen to you if you do it. And you should also know the successes of what can happen to you too. So there's obviously women who have mad success who've bought their own houses, cash, call, you know, been able to pay for a retire. That you have those things that can happen, but you also have women who have been stalked, uh, abused, assaulted, uh, raped. You have those things. So if you're going to want to go down this path, you need to know that these are things that can have happen to you because you are subjecting your body and your and your person to predatory men and predatory women, both. And you're subjecting yourself to many things. Trafficking is one. If somebody says, "Oh yeah, we can go get her." And go find your address and kidnap her. Now you're trapped. Those things are things you need to know about. And you would hope through common sense that maybe it's like, okay, daddy, I may not want to have an OnlyFans, you know? So you, you try to, I don't, I want to try not to be that dad that's like, I don't want you to do that blindly. I want to know why my daughter came up with these things and why she wants to be and where she got it from and you know things yeah, like you that. want you want to know the motive um right and i, I think, think that's, that's part of being present with your children 
Yeah, the motive is definitely very important because regardless of what choice they make, if it's for the wrong motive, then it's going to just be a domino effect. Oh, yeah, it's a uh, downward path. Yeah, so yeah, you're you're right about that. Yeah, and that's with anything, right? It's it's uh, um, like I know if I have a son and he wants to play football, you know, I'm gonna say no, um, and I'm gonna tell him why. Um, and I think any anything that he that he wants to do, even if I agree with it, let's say he's like, well, I want okay, no football. Well, let me play basketball. Of course, I would love that because then he might be able to have a jump shot like me, but I would definitely still explain to him what it takes. And, you know, you ha they have to experience it, right? They have to know like, what mm -hmm. does that mean? They, they don't know about like all the hours of practice and mm -hmm. the grind that comes with it. You just see like the guy on TV dunking the ball. Yeah. And you want to do that. Bro, you don't you want, you don't, you wouldn't want your son out there on Saturdays making plays like you do. So, I mean, anybody that knows me, I mean, you know me, you know that I love football. Yeah. Um, I played football. I love football. Um, I just, I just know that, that you know, I'm a science guy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a facts guy. The technology, the science says that, I mean, it, it doesn't take science for us to know that you just can't get hit in the head like that. Yeah. I know. I mean, dude, same thing UFC, dude. Basis. I watch those guys um, get domed up. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And it's one of those things where, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it because right. football is some of the best athletes on the planet running at full speed and they, and they can't just stop in midair or mm -hmm. make adjustments because you got one guy running and you got another guy running. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the other guy's going to do. Right. You know, you might go right. He goes right. It happens every Sunday, every Saturday, every weekend, right? Saturday, Sunday football. Just watch it. You're, you're going to see concussions. You're going to mm -hmm. see torn ACLs. Um, so lacerated yeah. livers. Shout out. Yeah. Andrew so, Luck. Yeah. I mean, broken ribs, perforated so, lungs. So my thing is. Or I'm sorry to interrupt you. Or God forbid the doctor puncture your lung like Tyler, uh, like a uh, Tyrod Taylor. Yes. <laughs> I mean that would. Yes. I mean God, and then lose your job at that. And then lose your job over. I it, mean, yeah. come on, man. They don't get no. Ah, I feel bad for that player, man. That, that's tough. Not even lose your job for something to something that was even your fault. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely right now like. Uh... You know, if I had a son or even like with my daughter, like I would push like baseball. Like she might want to be a she might be a kicker. She might dad want to be a kicker. That that Vanderbilt lady, uh, that Vanderbilt soccer yeah. player. She's... Yeah, I mean, I don't have no problem with soccer, even though soccer, uh, soccer uh, kids in soccer have a lot of concussions. Um, actually, no, not. I think they outlawed headbutting for kids soccer because of the concussions. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, soccer is cool too, but. I mean, come on, baseball. There's like no contact. I, mean, no I got knocked. The, I got knocked out many times with a buck. Someone couldn't pitch. Oh well, like, bow, me, that, that's like okay. So yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's dangerous, right? Hundred mile per hour fastball coming right at your head. That can kill you. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, every sport in which you're moving very quickly, something bad could happen. 
Yeah. But I think you got to go with the numbers, right? Like in terms of yeah, injuries, absolutely. I think baseball's you're the safest. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you could get hurt, but um, we got to go with the numbers, man. Like you just have a higher probability. You get paid less to get hurt more playing football. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, I don't think. Well, baseball doesn't have sense. a salary cap, right? They do. Oh, they it's do? just, okay. it's just not a hard cap. Like they're oh, allowed okay. to go over. They just pay a luxury. They have like tax. what a luxury tax. Yeah. 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 So, which I guess the Yankees probably do every year. We do, we do, and so and you know, so what? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're allowed. I mean, you're allowed to do it. Do it. it. You're, you're playing by yeah. the rules that are given to you. I ain't mad at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've I've always been a believer. You know, when people say that, like, oh, look at the Yankees, they pay so much. I'm like, look, you wish you had an owner like us, <laughs> your team that pays. Like, you wish that was. You wouldn't get like if you were an Astros fan. I mean, the Astros do well. They they pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were, you know, you were a, a fan of like the Tampa Bay Rays, who don't ever pay anybody shit, and all of a sudden they start paying people, you wouldn't be upset. Yeah, well, you'd be happy. That's true. Say, oh, now we're doing it right, like the Yankees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <what laughs> doing it right. Like the Yankees. <laughs> you know, but I, I, hey, I've always, I'm a firm believer that yeah, that teams have an advantage because like the Yankees, they make so much money on like merchandising that they have. The, the the money to do it but i'm a firm believer that if i'm for a cap like put a cap in baseball i'd be all for that a hard mm-hmm. cap and let everybody have to be on the same playing field i'd have no problem with it yeah that's fair um, um you, you gonna have any more kids man um you know what if one more you, you calling it i'm about to get a vasectomy i'm about wow. to i'm about to get it done i'm about no more I'm done. This was an experience in my life that I'm good experiencing one time. Um, I think we want to have one more, mm-hmm. but that would definitely be a couple years down the line. Yeah. You definitely want to have them to be kind of young together so they can grow up and play yeah, yeah. and stuff. I got a 45-year-old I mean, coworker who just had his first one. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, at least like... For, on my end, in terms of like being able to get it done, I can still get it done. Like you know, men have kids. You know, when they're really when they're a lot older, it's yeah. more women that need to worry about having kids at an older age. Thirty five is like you're looking at kind of dangerous territory. I think. Hey man, my my girl's young, so yeah, <laughs> I gotta gotta worry about nothing. That's I, you know, I was thinking about thinking about it the other day. I was like, I was like, when I'm forty, she'll be twenty nine. <laughs> oh yeah, there you, oh yeah, you got time. You got so, time. You know, I mean, yeah, I got time, and especially like financially, and, and just with with everything that a baby entails, you you want to prepare for the second one. Right? You think you people to... think about that? Because well, I think I mean, some people. I mean, I told y'all, I was like, you have to also think like, can you? When people you have a second kid, I was like, can we financially afford a second kid? So there's two there's two schools of thought to that. There's a, there's the, the the one school that goes all right. Well, let's sit down, and uh, let's let's do our, the numbers. Okay, we make so and so a month, and blah blah blah. Okay, mm-hmm. and then there's the other school of thought that says, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right. And so I feel like that school of thought is more popular. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what happens. Like, yeah. Even even like even like in my case. 
like with this first child i mean i don't know about you but like it wasn't planned but it wasn't unplanned you know what i mean like mm. we obviously weren't taking the proper precautions mm. so we knew the risks um but it wasn't like we were like oh we're trying you know um, yeah well let me tell you something when you go to when you go to el tempo you drink enough you drink enough and the margaritas nothing's planned <laughs> so so i'm assuming that's the case for you or oh i know the exact day yeah yeah no no but what i'm that. saying is did did y'all speak oh about ours is unplanned at all dude you gotta remember i didn't want kids at all exactly and then i also didn't I... want to get married but i was i was now a year ago or a year and a half ago now i was beginning to be open to the idea of like all right, if I'm going to marry someone, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stake my claim with this person. This would be the person to stake the claim with cuz she's she's an amazing woman. So I need to get my shit together and quit acting like an asshole and like go along with this. And so then obviously I came with, all right, if we have kids, I'm open to it. But I would I'd be okay if we didn't, but I'm cool if we did. Cuz I look forward to like, you know, the cool the cool times with the kids, you know, like when they're able to talk to you, interact with you. Right now, you we're going through the the uh, what is it the uh, the shitty part? Yeah, the shitty part. The uh, <laughs> yeah, the shit part. You, people don't tell you about this, dude. They tell you like, oh, you're not gonna sleep. I didn't want to hear all that bullshit. I I'm fine not sleeping. Sleep has been the least of my problems. It's the getting getting her to calm down, which has gotten better. Yeah. Um, but uh, the pre what do they call it, man? Zero three months. The pre not uh. Infant stage, I guess. I guess the infant stage, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But you know, after that, you know, it starts to get better. It obviously gets better because at some point in time, they're 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 talking like you know, we're going to brunch and get mimosas, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it's not all bad, and uh, but they people definitely don't tell you about the psychological effects that it has. And I'm glad that we're here to do that because it definitely it sucks. It sucks having a newborn. There's not much fun about it. Um, it's like. 40% cool shit and 60% trying to figure out what the problem is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think like you, you, you hit on it earlier. Like, I mean, the important thing is like, it's, it's only temporary. It, yeah. And it's only temporary. once you get past, uh, this initial setup, mm -hmm. um, it, it becomes, you know, the greatest thing ever, you know? Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta you gotta go through the mud, man. Before you gotta you get go through to... the mud. Yeah. Like one buddy said, he said, "One buddy, I saw a guy. He said, man, 'Man, I'm really going through it.' I said, keep going, keep going, then.' Yeah. <laughs> keep on, well, don't stop. Keep going through it. And it's like you know, and my other my either future prospective dads out there, or dads listening, like, don't wait to be involved with your kids. Like some some dads, I think, think like, oh, when they get older, I can't wait to teach them stuff. No, it starts now. It starts now being present in their lives by being there physically, whether that's changing the diaper, whether that's bottle feeding in the middle of the night, whatever it is for you to put hands on that baby, just be around. Tummy time is another great way to uh, spend time with your kids. Start doing that now so that way when it is time to talk to them and give them verbal counsel, you already have certain other elements established already, and it's not like you're trying to make a fresh connection with your child. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely try to get in um, some time daily with my daughter. You know, it's, it's tough sometimes. You know, sometimes I'll come home and they might not be there because, you know, she has to go somewhere with her or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's very important. Like you said, you don't want to have to rely on on trying to catch up. Right. right. You want to 
go ahead and if you have the opportunity to to put in that time because mm -hmm. it's not going to be easy uh, no. especially in the beginning but you know you, it'll get easier for you and uh i think that feeling will be you know a lot more rewarding later on were you in the room when uh when luna came out yes so did you did you get like that overwhelming like dad sensation or whatever they talk about like oh so yeah I, I, I cried did you I really cried. Yeah, I cried the first time I held her. Oh, when you um, held her, dude. I, I, I'll let you tell me about your experience. Then I'll tell you about mine. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was there. Um, it was funny because uh, initially we had like a tripod, and I was like, "What do you, you think they're just gonna let you set this shit up?" And and they, of course, they're like, "Take that down." And then, and then, and then they were like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't allow uh, recordings." And uh, uh, that's funny. And she was like, "No, no, we're not gonna record. We're just gonna do FaceTime." But you know, in FaceTime, you can do screen recording. Yeah. So, so we like st I was still taping it with the phone for a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely what you know. It's it's gushy and you know, like kind of gross I looking you, when I thought it, you, I it thought you about to do it right now. I thought you about to. <laughs> I, about to do it. I was like reliving really the whole but, thing, huh? I mean, but I've seen the movies. Yeah. And, I don't have a, a weak stomach, so it didn't really uh, freak me out or anything. And then, you right. know, it comes out, it's crying. You cut the umbilical cord and, uh, you know, they clean the baby up. And right. Yeah. At that first moment, you know, like when I was holding her, because mm -hmm. you know, she was she was a preemie, so she was small. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a moment like no other. And yeah, you just kind of feel this change come through you because you know that your life will, you know, your life is forever altered after that. So I, when, when Olivia came out, I didn't feel anything. I, I saw it come out and I was like, oh shit, that's kind of, that was kind of cool. That was like the only thing I felt at the time, right? Um, I think I didn't feel anything because it was like a shock that like, I was like, okay, I'm a dad now. I was like, okay, this just happened, you know? I probably didn't feel anything until probably like, Probably this week, and when I say any, when I say feel anything, as far as like that, that that like glorious moment of like I'm a dad, I felt it when we we did tummy time, and she like lifted up her head and she like smiled. That's when I felt it. I was like, okay, like I'm a father, you know, because I told Ariel, I said, it feels like we're just babysitting this child, right? Because <laughs> we're not really all she's doing is sleeping and eating. That first yeah. week and a half, that's all she was doing. She wasn't doing anything. What? Well, I, I, Day four, actually, she tried to pick her head up, which was like, it's a little too soon for you to start trying to do that. But I'm with you. You're ambitious. I can work with that. But yeah. it wasn't until this past week where I have, like, I, whenever she's up and she's not feeding, I try to do something with her to learn. And so I, I put her on her stomach, and she'll practice putting her head up. I'll get, like, one of these colored balls. like I'll get, like, one of these little things and, like, show her, like, the colors and stuff so she can kind of start differentiating, like, black and white. And so... I start, and that's when I started feeling like, you know, I'm a dad. Or when she's, when she kind of smiles in her sleep, that it, it it affects me, and that's when I felt it. It took me a little while to really feel like, you know, like my daughter. You feel like I was just babysitting at first, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I mean, once once it finally does hit you, though, I mean, it's it's definitely a very uh, overwhelming feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
How long? How long have we been going? Uh, it's been about three hours, two two hours. But so we started like at four ten, four twenty five, and six twenty five right now. Time flies by, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, definitely does. Definitely does. Well, man, I actually have to head out. I gotta uh, do the whole movie movie thing tonight with the family. All right, cool, man. Um, well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time to have this discussion with me, Vic. Oh man, and, and you know, I I definitely enjoy it. Um, I mean, you're one of you're one of the few people where I can just sit down and and just talk. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I told you earlier that I was going to write a couple of things down. I mean, I wrote down like a couple sentences, you know, because I, I I'm not worried about it. You know, yeah, I we're, think we're with, pretty we're pretty good cer- off the cuff. Yeah, with certain people, I know that especially people I'm not too familiar with, there's really no way of of knowing what's going to happen. So I can prepare a little bit better, but usually when I talk to somebody, I know, I kind of, I know what to expect. And I, I know I can always count on you to deliver some uh, interesting conversation. Yeah. And that's why I do like, that's why I wanted to like live stream this too. Cause I was like, you know, you're a good person who, like I said, we have we always have good dialogue together all the time. So nothing crazy is just gonna you know you're not gonna see it. It's gonna fly off the wheel. You know what I mean? Like you have good things to say, and I want I wanted people to see those things live if they could. And I just thought it was also this good exposure for you. So I'm gonna uh, I'll take this video, and like I said, I'll link your stuff at the bottom of it. And um, for you guys watching, the name of his podcast is at the top. It's the Sit Down with Slick Vic. Um, I'll post whenever I post this on the channel on the Rogue Daddy channel and face in the YouTube channel. I will tag all his social media and stuff there, so y'all can find him there. Appreciate you, appreciate you, and um, for those that are li- that are going to listen to this on my platform on Spotify, or iTunes. Uh, what's what's the name of your channel? Uh, Rogue Daddy. So R O B E D A D D Y Y Y. Three Y's. Just Robe Daddy with three Y's. That'll be you on just YouTube. Search it on YouTube. Search it on YouTube, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. I'm everywhere, man. You can find me on every platform except for like Snapchat or TikTok. Yeah, screw those. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just, just kidding. Yeah, I, they, they might are, be they, a sponsor down the line. Hey, no. they're they're good for <laughs> they're good for what they're used for. But you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. All right, Instagram too. Well, Clayton, it was a pleasure as always. Yes, folks. sir. Y'all have a good one. Later, Vic. Later.